Or welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from weather out of this recycle garage in yeah. Santa Cruz, California. Blub <laughs> blub. Uh, yeah. So now we'll bring the weather back into it. You know what? I think this is the payback for all the times yep. we brag about our beautiful, amazing, it's sunny true. weather. I'm over it. Yeah, it keeps it coming. Oh, it's just, it's <laughs> Over just it. coming. It's just coming. So, hey, everyone. This is Liza. And um, we're shy one person today because, well, because the Highway 1 is underwater. And so Emma couldn't get to us, unfortunately. I mean, this is, I, I don't know the last time she this She swam halfway happened. and then fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Marina, California is becoming a marina. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And yeah, um, we're fine here at the garage. Actually, all the work I did earlier this year to dig the trenches, we've had no flooding in the garage. We're good. So, uh, but there are other people not so well off. In fact, running the board tonight is Stumpy John, who's of the mountain people. John, how's it up in the mountains? It's wet. <laughs> it's really wet. You, you still have the roads blocked up there, right? <clears throat> yeah, there's a part of Highway Nine is still blocked off. So there's a detour. <sighs> Yeah. Well, so I have a, a poem for you. Oh, okay. I have a poem. I asked um, my friend Chat GPT to uh, create a create a, a poem for oh, me. Oh, okay. And uh, oh, no. this is what uh, she came up with, or he came up with. It. Stumpy John, a man of might, rides his bike into the night. Tall and proud, he takes the lead on his motorcycle. He's free indeed. His legs may be short, but his spirit's tall. On his motorcycle, he stands above all. Riding with power, grace, and speed, Stumpy John is the biker we all need. So if you see him riding strong, don't be fooled by his legs so long. For it's his heart that makes him tall, Stumpy John, the rider of them all. Nice. Oh. Wow. So was that AI generated? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, my God. Wow. I don't think a human could have uh, embellished that. I, I feel well. really like built up right now. My self-confidence is much better. Chills. Well, and and speaking of uh, you know going around uh, roadblocks, uh, we got joining us uh, coming coming across California to be here today. We got Tom Metema with us, and you had to take a long way here. We had to take the long way around. Yes, the Gilroy. Um, where else it was Watsonville yeah. flooded out? Yeah. Roads closed. There was, was it 101 uh, in Gilroy? Is that where the flooding was? So or was it? It, that, there was one. Of, that was one of the places. Okay. The, the entire town of Watsonville is underwater. That downtown. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Sucker Pass is closed. Oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we did the northern loop from uh, Mariposa up north to San Jose <laughs> and back down. So. Yeah, when when Highway 17 is your better option, that's not a good, <laughs> that's that's right. good sign, man. That's right. Uh, but thank you for showing up, man. Absolutely, yeah. You um, know, again, I was reflecting that three years ago, the challenge to get here was quite different. Exactly. You were here three years ago. You were our last in-person guest before we shut down the studio for down. COVID. That was this weekend, and three I remember years ago. We really didn't know what was going on but we all kind of looked at each other like should we be here in a room it was together? so uneasy it was so uneasy we didn't we had just finished as a car and we're dining together as a car you know two three hundred of us right and we're washing our hands like crazy but not a mask in sight that wasn't just the thing yet right and and then down here we were just tiptoeing around like not sure what to do we did it anyway and then boom the next day san francisco shut down and we all went home and Things Never changed. left for two years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Forever changed. But not the last time I saw you. That's right. That's saw you right. last year at Americade. That's right. Oh. Up, up in beautiful Lake George, New York. 
good times up there yeah, for that sure. Was fun. It was. Well, let's get to who else weathered the storm to get here. We've got Craig. I licked it, so it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you talking about this gummy right here? <laughs> That's the giant juice. Uh, Tom, would you like a gummy? No, they thank were sent you. in from um, a listener I'm, of ours. Thank you. Uh, did he lick it? <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. Uh, and then going around the room, we've got Naked Jim. Yes, I also have a, a, a bot generated poem about oh, myself. God. As you really? can see, yes. Really? <laughs> there once was a man from Nantucket <laughs> who carried his balls in a bucket. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Hey, what's happening? Glad to be here. Oh, and let's not forget everyone's favorite ginger. It's Bagel. Uh, howdy from the uh, the very damp Pacific Northwest. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're getting hammered. We're getting hammered. It's not as bad. By the weather. By the weather. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's. I'm just going to say that the national news is making it out to be worse than it is. Not everybody is affected, but there are places uh, nearby. Uh, we have friends live up Main Street uh, in Aptos who are stranded. Their road is gone, and there's a whole neighborhood up there stranded. Yeah, it's been on the news. Whoa. That's why everybody's calling. Is everything okay? People catching things? large yeah, fish right. in the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is going on, but uh, for most of us, like Jim and I live here downtown, we're, we're, we're fine. We're good. So I think the hardest thing has been most of us haven't ridden our bikes in a long time. Mm. And that's what's getting hard. We're not used to this. Yeah. So, yes, there you go. For all the people who deal with winter and can't ride their bikes, we're <laughs> feeling your pain now. I can sympathize with you. Think you think some one of our listeners like hexed us or something? Since listening to us riding all the way around? Oh, no. It's, like, it's, We're gonna get we've been guys. complaining about the drought and asking for water, and too many people asked at the same time, I think. That's I mean, right. We Here got what we asked for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, But because of the weather and because of these storms, um, big announcement, we've had to postpone our rally. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm. which was supposed to be in a few weeks. And we just, we just know from, really, from the storm, like, Two months ago, Hollister Hills was just recovering. Yeah, it was like probably half of it was still closed a couple of weeks yeah. ago before these storms came through. And with all these storms, we knew that Hollister Hills, A, won't be recovered. It's going to be muddy, not fun. It's not going to be a safe and fun event, even though you can go ride the roads, even if you know if it's not raining. But we want to have a good event. So we have postponed it. It is now going to be April 21 like, to 24, I think. That sounds about right. April 21 to 24. So apologies mm-hmm. to people who had uh, signed up for it if you can't make it. But I think overall this is going to make a, a better event. And, oh, poor Eric. He bought, had was flying in. Uh-oh. Eric, I hope you can change change your flight and come Still down. Still come down, Eric. We hang. But, yeah, if you're coming in, yeah, we'll, we'll do something. Uh, fun with you um so yeah uh, the, but the other good news is now this gives us more time to get more people signed up for the rally we we've still got some spots um and we, we're got a lot of really cool events we're having just uh jonathan was here at the garage today and he was he's doing our first aid class for us and he was talking about doing a was it repelling a motorcycle off a cliff hillside class or something? hillside motorcycle <laughs> cliff rescue 
So yeah. we're adding events like, every time. So yeah. not only is the stacked roster, but it's growing. So if anyone wants to sign up and was hesitating, now you can come in April for it. That yeah, sounds like, like a class Tom incline. needs to take. Steep yeah. incline recovery. I, I, think, I think that's something I could probably relate to a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask. I noticed the Naked Rally happened recently. Yeah, you missed it. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't here for that. Yeah, they I, were all I, I noticed that didn't get canceled. No. Yeah, <laughs> it takes something for that to get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have it again next year. We'll see okay, you then. Okay. Come on out. All right. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Yeah. So, um, hey, go to breakingawaytrips.com, uh, and you can click on the Misfits Rally and come out and join us. So, let's see. Um, yes, yeah, so you were here um, March of 2020, and you were talking about Rally for Rangers. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, tell everyone what Rally for Rangers is. <clears throat> Rally for Rangers is adventure philanthropy. That's uh, that's what it is. We are uh, we are in the business of recruiting adventure riders from all over the world, and we collect so uh, to date anyway, fifteen at a time, people that volunteer. They raise money. We travel to uh, the country that's hosting us: Mongolia, Nepal, Peru, Bhutan, wherever it happens to be. We pick up fifteen motorcycles that we've all raised money for and purchased in country. We hop on those bikes and we ride them for ten days with the park rangers of the country we're in, seeing the parks of that country. And at the end of those ten days, we we get together with the rangers and we donate those fifteen motorcycles to those national park rangers in that country, so they can better combat poaching and deal with all the other things that that rangers have to deal with around the world Uh, we know that rangers worldwide are under-resourced you know they're killed in large numbers you know a thousand a year crazy um yeah and so they they don't have what they need a thousand rangers are killed a year wow yeah worldwide wow and so so we just want to get them the tools to help um you know and we all know the story the plight of you know the elephant and the snow leopard and the tiger and the rhino but there's so many things beyond that of course that rangers do and have to do so so we get the adventure they get the motorcycle you know and everybody does individual fundraising to do it everybody volunteers to do it take a couple weeks off of work or you know when we all fly uh, overseas pick up the bikes and have the adventure and make an impact that way and so it's been going since 2014 it's hard to believe now 170 some odd bikes donated in in seven different countries i think now and it just started as a small project in mongolia that has just taken off and uh and we're looking this year actually to to launch something here in the u.s and if you can just uh go back and and tell the story you've told a million times of how it came to be yes sure there's uh our 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 godfather bob mcintosh he was a retired park ranger uh, and retired rangers from the usa go abroad to help national parks all over the world because there are developing national parks that don't have the experience we have with our you know 150 years of national parks here and so so he was in mongolia bob mcintosh in the summer of 2013 working with an outfit called the mongol ecology center which is an ngo established to help the national parks of mongolia grow and prosper and he was providing some of his experience and wisdom and planning to the chief ranger at lake havsgol national park in northern mongolia and during that little interchange when they were talking about kind of trail management and some of the other management things needed there uh, a visitor actually drove right past the closed sign and right down to the shores of the lake and that ranger needed to jump on his old bike and go deal with it mm. so he got on the motorcycle and he went to take off and he hit the berm on the side of the road and the motorcycle just disintegrated it just it had fell apart it was kind of held together with duct tape and bailing wire and mcintosh had had been a rider earlier in his life but he was just so furious at the condition of the equipment that these guys just didn't have what they needed to do their job that, you know, after picking the Ranger up off the ground and, you know, he said, Look, you know, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to ride a motorcycle out here next year and bring it to you myself. And um, 
Ono Batku was with him and her husband, Wesley, who's the co-founder of this. And he was there and heard what Max said. And they looked at each other and Wesley said, you know, I'll, I will do that too. And mm-hmm. they came back to the U.S. They were living in the Bay Area at the time, started talking to their Bay Area riding community. And all of a sudden, yeah, heck yeah, I'll do that. What? Yeah, I'll do that. And one year later, 15 people, myself included, didn't just bring one motorcycle, but 15 bikes to Lake Hovsgol National Park and made made good on Bob's promise. That's how you wow. know you were on to something. That many people said, yeah, yeah, I'm in. That's great. That's amazing. You yeah. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That they, and, and that just that, that you can fundraise on it, right? And that's because one of the first questions we get is, why don't you just the bikes over there why do you have to go Mm, it's like well that's not going to work you you know you you, people aren't going to give the way they give when you're going to do it when you are going to invest your time Mm -hmm. take your time off of work um, make that trip make that travel I I liken it all the time to a a 10k for cancer people will donate to you because you're going to run in that Mm -hmm. 10k to raise money for cancer if they just came to you and said hey let's donate to cancer well sure you would do that but it wouldn't be nearly as effective it's that personal participation and they maybe don't ride a motorcycle and they're never going to go to Mongolia, but if they can live vicariously through you and help you get there and, and experience that and be part of adopting that ranger, it's really been a successful model now for, gosh, eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. And so you've been keeping this going. How many trips a year are you doing? We're averaging two trips a year. We had to pack in three last year because Bhutan kept getting punted because of COVID. We took, you know, we had a COVID break in, in 2020. And then we went to Peru. Um, we went to Mongolia and Bhutan last year in 2022. So we did three and that was a lot. So this year coming up, we have two more. And yes, yeah, so we're kind of looking at two a year right now. And this is not your job. No, this is not. This is all volunteer time. Yeah. This is same thing with my partner, Wesley. He has a, a business, Trend Digital, that he runs full time. So this is evenings and weekends passion project. It's like I'm fond of saying it's not what I do for a living. It's what I live to do. Yeah. And, you know, um, so you've been doing this a while. And I was listening to uh, another interview you were doing and you were talking about people riding the bikes a little too hard mm-hmm. yourself included mm-hmm. because you didn't have experience as an adventure rider before you started this that is correct and you've learned along the way that you know you got to dial it back and and, and ride smarter uh what was it did, did you, I did had, you go down like a six foot i had embankment? 50 years of pent-up <laughs> off-road riding <laughs> built up in me you know i i remember i remember here when i was here last time i'm looking across at it mm-hmm. evil over there who i think was <laughs> yeah. sitting next to me when when i was here last he, you know he was my childhood hero and i had posters of motocross masters in my bedroom never rode a motorcycle as a kid just envisioned myself doing it my whole life and then bought a Harley in my 20s, a Sportster, and just did street riding. And I thought that was the thing and because that's what, you know, Evil mm-hmm. Knievel brought to me. Um, and then uh, BMW Cruiser, the R1200C here in California, and, and rode that on the street. And then I got invited at the last minute to this Mongolia rally in 2014. I got invited in May, and the rally was June, July 6. I had to leave. <laughs> so I had six weeks to raise $5,000 and learn how to ride off-road. <laughs> And so I had a buddy up in the mountains who had a, um, a KLX, and he said, yeah, I could just come by and grab it whenever you need it. And so I, I took his bike, and I, I brought it on the fire roads, you know, up around Yosemite and, you know, made, I don't know, a couple, two, three, four hours. And I said, I could, shit, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. This no problem, yeah. right? <laughs> and, um, I, and so I got over there. And, you know, within an hour of being off road, I was just gripped, just terrified. Like I was in so far over my head and also way over there. 
nobody had mentioned travel insurance to me. Um, and the guy in front of me on that first day in that first hour went over the handlebars and broke his collarbone. Mm. <laughs> so the first day of the first rally, we have a broken collarbone and an extraction. And so I was just gripped, but I had other riders who helped me. And so about halfway through that trip, I started dialing it in. I started connecting with my skiing background. There's huge relationships between skiing and, and off-road motorcycling. And once I kind of dialed that in, um, yeah, it really just started to become kind of a natural extension, you know, of me. Um, and I was fortunate. Yeah. I, so I dropped a ton that trip. The next trip, I only dropped the one six foot time. That was the only, the only <laughs> thing. I had gotten to the point where I made 10 days without dropping the bike in Mongolia. Like and I was so said, proud wow. of myself. You're dialed back wow. and riding nice and slow and easy. I was just cruising across this beautiful, <laughs> open, grassy, green field. I mean, literally, I have it on GoPro. You can see just nothing but beautiful green <laughs> pasture all the way out in front of you until the pasture disappears <laughs> and you're dropping into a dry riverbed because the far slope yeah. of the riverbed was Same. was a slope and it was green right Same. so to the horizon everything was green until i hit that and you know of course all of my experience buddies were like well that's when you gas it you jump in <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i would have hit and launched so much yeah. worse but i'm really fortunate i'm fortunate i didn't break both my wrists uh, arresting my fall the bike came down on top of me and um uh, you know walked away from that and the bike rode away from that thankfully a little dinged up but um yeah i learned tremendous respect for for riding um now in a short time we're not going to call anyone out not naming names but i'm just curious in general you get you know accomplished or are confident riders on from big bikes onto these little bikes how do you get them to dial it in and and t take it easy because i would think a lot of people are like Woo oh it's one of the most important things and we this and i i think of patagonia sometimes because one of one of our riders in patagonia just had to just start doing wheelies and just spins you know and we're like <laughs> he's just wearing the rubber off the tires you know and we're like right. we're these are do we're donating these bikes in 10 days we want to we want to deliver the cleanest bike possible with the least amount of damage and that's what we actually have in mongolia we have a bottle of vodka for everybody who gets through without dropping <laughs> yes. um, that's the prize nice. is a bottle of chingus gold vodka for anybody who doesn't drop and there's re rarely two to three riders that can make it you know even even just sitting at lunch the bike tips over i mean it just happens right in soft sand or whatever so um but no question there's so many really hot shot skilled riders who you know just do baja racing and all that stuff and they get over there and they just you're in mongolia you want to go mm -hmm. and so we continually reinforcing every day just respect for the culture respect for the bikes the reasons were there and it's not a huge problem but I all of us get caught up in it when when you yeah. get out in that terrain and you've got that new bike and you just want to put it through its paces you know but it's also a brand new bike so you can't just open it up and go you know you have to nurse it and you know put it through through its first you know 500 mile service and kind of all of those things along the way so no doubt we deal with that you know regular yeah john can relate how many times did you crash in pakistan john? You know, I, honestly i really can't remember anymore <laughs> they all blend together yeah, it was just one big crash That's, i agree yeah it's, it was one crash so um i wanted to share something with you you know uh, i was inspired by by your trips and uh so bagel and john and i have all been to pakistan and we go to yeah, these trips yeah, in pakistan right yep. and um <clears throat> on this last trip i was like oh i have an idea of something new i can do let's buy some bikes and deliver them uh which we did to this girl's hostel uh these girls who come from up in the mountains to um you know let them teach them how to ride amazing and i used you know patreon money 
to buy them. A new 70cc Honda costs $500 American. Wow. It's nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing. But I was inspired by you mm. of gifting a bike. Yeah. That's you know? so awesome. I didn't know that was part of the trip. Yeah, so we did that on the last trip, and then on the trip this year, um, um, my friend Maggie McNally, um, she's going to be leading it, and they're going to go and teach the women how to ride. So great. So empowering. Mm-hmm. You know? It's I mean, contagious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just Yeah, but I was so like, well, yes, we can leave something behind mm-hmm. and, and, and help people out. Mm-hmm. We also, just, you know, maybe this will help you, we paid a local mechanic for a year of maintenance. Beautiful. Which was like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. right. It doesn't cost <laughs> much. Paid yeah, to tend to take care of the new bikes over there. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. And collected uh, gear and tools and like all, just all, I mean all the things. Beautiful. It was not a lot for us, but yeah, how for them it's much huge. It, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I have kind of a random question. I'll if it fits in, but it's kind of like along with the maintenance thing. You've been doing this for almost 10 years now. Are you at the point where you're going to go back and replace bikes that you mm. gave people originally, right? Because they only go for so long. Done. Yeah. Check, Check oh, that box right this year. So we went mm. back to the beginning um, this, this past uh, summer, and we brought 15 new bikes to northern Mongolia where we started. And the, they had just worn them out. And that's when people are like, Where do, when do you finish? And it's like, we don't. It doesn't ever finish. You know, the work never ends. There are so many parks and so many places. But they use them so hard. And, and you've seen the film now. You see them riding 365 days a year. They are riding in all conditions all the time. And so those bikes just get, get put through their paces. And so we, we, do, we will be replacing them as they age out. Absolutely. I want to see the coffee table book of brand new bike. And then after it's been clapped out for 10 years, because I'm sure they like not only make repairs, but maybe customize them. Oh, they bit, trick them. I mean, the yak wool seats. Whatever, and, right? Oh, they're, they're barely recognizable, Can especially you, when they're winter tricked out. Yeah, they, they look spectacular. So we have some photos of those. Do you, I was sure. going to say, where can you see those? In yeah. the movie? Or is it? Yeah, the, uh, there's some of that in the film. Okay. And then on Instagram, um, on our Instagram. Oh, okay. You can see you know, it there. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. What's your Instagram? There. Instagram is Rally for Rangers. Yep, Rally for Rangers. And uh, just um, still growing that. So there's just some incredible footage and photos out there on Instagram. So, yeah, I encourage everybody to go check that out. And there's a, there's a picture there from about two, three weeks ago where a ranger was doing a river patrol because they have fish, fish poaching, mm-hmm. gill netting and stuff. And he's doing a river patrol, and he dropped his bike right through the ice into the river. Oh, no. And thankfully, it didn't submerge. It only went in about halfway. But I got a, we got a picture of him standing next to the motorcycle that's just up to Oh, his. shoot. Look at that. <laughs> there you go. That's there he serious. is. Dropped it right through into the river and well and and going back to what you're saying like why aren't you shipping bikes here and and i know the answer also from from pakistan you have to deliver bikes that they have there that they have resources and parts for right that that they're they're accustomed to. You That's can't right. bring something else in. No, we we ask them what do you want because you know we're not going to buy something that they can't service and maintain. We're, we're looking at bikes that they can get locally, all the parts they need, everything they need. So whether it's that's why we don't have quote-unquote brand loyalty number one because we don't have a brand yet that stepped up but number two it may be that we have to get a honda in a certain location because that's all that's available or a beta or you know a royal enfield um and so we've used all of those because that's what's used locally and that's what they can service and and take care of regularly speaking of brand loyalty have you reached out to some of these um even though they're different in each location have you reached out to some of the big juggernauts in the in the motorcycle scene and has there been any traction no 
No, it's it, we just haven't haven't been able to crack that nut yet. And um, you know, we've got this incredible story, we've got this incredible collateral, and yet we just haven't been able to figure out how to get you know somebody to step up and say, hey, we'll give them to you at cost, or we'll donate a portion, or you know, it just hasn't been a thing yet. So we keep looking, we keep trying. We've had a lot of other OEM support. You know, I mean, I can list them off, right? Climb, Moscow Moto, Double Take Mirrors, Senna Bluetooth. Yeah. You know, the great support from those partners, um, but nobody from the manufacturing side yet so i just i, I want to just bring this up because it's becoming more of a topic lately there's a lot of chinese companies out there making 250 cc you know little adventure dual sport bikes is that something you would consider or are they not well made enough? in most cases that's what we're replacing Yep. Okay. So yeah. we are we're we're just because they're gonna their their life cycle is gonna be half of what you know the yeah. the. But they're the, more likely to donate. That could that could be yeah yeah. But we also don't want to just add to the waste stream. You know, we want something that's going to last as long as possible, and um, so you know we've got to keep all of our options open, and and the other thing is is where are we going with electric? You know, Cake now came, yeah. did this anti-poaching yes. bike. Fascinating right. to watch. I've had two conversations with them. And um, Volcon, I've reached out to and had a conversation with Volcon. They've got the Grunt. Have you oh, seen this Volcon? Yeah. Grunt? Or what about like the um, Upco? Upco, you know, zero. They're like we just. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we're going to hit a. We're going to. We have some partners who are interested in doing solar installations. So we've kind of got the battery infrastructure side somewhat figured out. And so then it just it finding a, a moto partner because that's what they do in in the African cases is they have batteries waiting right and they just swap out yeah, batteries yeah. as they go. They have charging stations and so. But silent anti poaching work. Yes, that's a big deal. Doesn't work everywhere. Because you don't want to be too silent in the areas of lions, tigers, and bears, um, because silence can get you killed by the All bear. Right. Uh, you do not want to surprise wildlife. Mm. So it's, yeah. So, you know, you got to be careful exactly where you use silence. But yeah, I, electric's the future. We know that. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how quickly we get there. So we kind of have, we're open to all comers right now. So and I wanted to um, kind of just reflect on park rangers, um, domestic, international. To me, it seems, and, and maybe it hasn't, but it seems to me that the job description has changed a lot. And that even here in the States, like here locally, our park rangers are armed and wear bulletproof vests mm -hmm. because of the threats locally. Also, I mean, there's stories of illegal cartel pot, growing grows, yeah. pot, pot growing up in the mountains and rangers coming up across it. And, you bet. And the, they have to, the park rangers have to be armed. And, and here you have internationally, you have these rangers who, this is not the best paying gig in town, but they sign up for this job and their lives are at risk. When did this happen that being a park ranger, you put your life at risk? Well, I think, you know, so the, the, the life risk of the ranger historically, particularly around here, was more the risk of getting involved in search and rescue and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Not risk from violence. Yeah. That, you know, our, our society as a whole, and one of the reasons that we're seeing more of our law enforcement all across the board, you know, wearing what they're wearing and carrying what they're carrying is just mass violence. You know, mass shooting incident, they can happen now anywhere. Like, there's no there's nowhere that's safe. And certainly the growing operations we've seen, you know, there's... That 
that's really dangerous. They're booby-trapped sites. Mm -hmm. They're sites that are doing tremendous ecological damage. Um, Legalization has changed that somewhat. You know, it has reduced the amount of illegal grow sites because you can, you know, kind of now get a permit much easier. But that's still out there. And so, you know, I would say that that's definitely been um, something that's in of the last 20 years in particular. Um, But any time that you are enforcing law, you know, then you're going to have some risk. But when you see rangers in these other countries, when we go to Nepal or or um, uh, Africa, you see they're wearing fatigues and they're carrying yeah. AK-47s. Yes. That's like a war zone. And so that's a whole different kind of park ranger even than what we see, you know, in, in the States or in Europe or, or Australia and places like that just because of the, the nature of the wildlife they have and the threats that exist to them. And that's where most of those, those thousand rangers a year that are killed, uh, most of them are in Africa. So just to, to paint the picture, uh, tell us all the places you guys have gone and what the threats are that they're dealing with that the motorcycle helps them with. Yeah, we started in Mongolia. In Mongolia, you have things like the snow leopard, mm-hmm. uh, the Gobi the Gobi bear. The Anybody know the largest trout species in the world? Any, any anglers in here? Mm-hmm. Um, the taimen. Oh. is the largest trout species in the world. They're enormous trout and critically threatened and wow. p- and poached. I and think I, they're in Aptos right now. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're yeah. going down the street. Catch them in the street. <laughs> <Flying> <laughs> in the street. <laughs> uh, and then the cultural antiquities, right? So when we were in 20... 20- 18, when we were in the Altai Mountains, there's UNESCO World Heritage Site in the Altai Mountains that's protected, um, the Altai uh, Tavanbog Complex. 40,000 years of continuous recorded human history. Wow. So the rock art and the petroglyphs, Mm -hmm. and people steal them. They chisel them out, Mm -hmm. right, to put in a gallery somewhere. Um, So it's not just the natural environment, but the cultural, you know, antiquities that are under threat as well. So uh, Bhutan, of course, tiger, elephant, you know, that sort of thing in Bhutan where we've been same in Nepal the the Bengal tiger and the one-horned rhino in Nepal and the one-horned rhino is a huge success story in the anti-poaching world they've really rebounded um, because of anti-poaching efforts there and they were mostly using bicycle um, and and they still use that to a degree because again it's quieter and, and gets them to, to the, some of the places they need to go um, Patagonia is interesting because it wasn't so much about wildlife as it was about wildfire Patagonia, wildfire does not naturally exist in Patagonia. Right. Because the the lightning there is cloud to cloud. It doesn't tend to hit the ground. And so there are natural starts for fire. It's all human caused. Mm. So therefore, the plant species and animal species down there have not evolved to be fire resistant. So when fire comes through, it's devastating. Our forests here need fire. Yes. You know, and so, but down there, it's devastating. So they have to have rapid response for fire suppression. And the fires are Um, are from individuals or from Yes, correct. Camping, cigarettes, camping, that sort of thing, uh, human caused. And um, and so that's there. Uh, Peru, um, you know, man, the Amazon. Um, just that's all you have to say, yeah. right? I mean, talk about t- t- challenging ground to patrol the things that are happening down there with with poaching, deforestation, and, and illegal mining, and all kinds of things like that. Um, so, and then in Namibia, you know, again, some of the classic examples of uh, you know lions, tigers, and elephants, and giraffes, and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, it tends to be that megafauna that we think of. That's what we, you know, that's why the the WWF, you know, has the panda bear as their model because boy, people want to give money to pandas. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that really helps tell the story, but it's so much bigger than that. And there's so much more work that rangers do than that. Well, that is a perfect segue into segue. a game I created just for you, Tom. Okay. Just for you. <laughs> I, what do I win? Well, 
because you have a bag of dicks. The gift that um, keeps on giving. You have quite a, a lot of experience as a ranger. I do. So I created the Rally for Rangers quiz. Really Let's see how you do. Okay. Okay. Follow along. Do I get to phone also, a friend? Also, I need all the answers in the form of a question. Oh, good thing my wife loves Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ding Darling. You following me so far? Ding Darling was an American cartoonist who won two Pulitzer Prizes and founded the National Wildlife Federation. On Sanibel Island, you can visit the Ding Darling Wildlife Refuge with amazing bike trails, but you can't take your motorcycle there. The NWF has been publishing this magazine for kids since 1967. What is Ranger Rick? Ding, ding, ding. That's a good one. Very good. Ding, darling. Okay. All right. He might just be a ranger. All right. Here's your next one. A former U.S. Army soldier. He is the serious and stern authority figure in Jellystone Park. In contrast to the antics of the Vespa scooter riding Yogi, he greatly disapproves of Yogi's picnic basket thievery. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking at his face. It's not boo-boo. Mm-mm. Hey, boo-boo. And yes, did you know that Yogi rode a Vespa? Rode a Vespa. A Vespa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm totally blanking on it. There's two mm. possible answers here. Mm-hmm. What did... I can hear him talking. What did Yogi call him? I'm not getting it. Wow. I'm blanking oh, on man. that one. All right. The answer was, who is Ranger Smith or Mr. Ranger? Mr. Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> you, can see, you can see his face. You can hear his voice. <clears throat> there it is. Yeah. I'm too young for these, <laughs> some of these things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Riehu Motorcycles. Have you heard of Riehu? I don't think so. They're, is it Spanish? Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Sure. Yep. Riehu Motorcycles offer many models of dirt bikes, including the Mr. Pro and the Mr. Racing. Riehu realizes that not everyone who rides is a serious racer and that there are a lot of people out there who don't need every gizmo, gadget, and gimmick that money can buy. So they just wanted uh, a simple, well-performing trail bike. This model of Riehu is the perfect affordable 300cc two-stroke trail bike for the masses. Previous models, Mr. Pro and Mr. Racing. What might they call this? What is Mr. Ranger? That is correct! (laughs) That was a tricky one. You're sensing a theme, aren't (laughs) you? Yes, yes. Okay. Except for Smith. (laughs) Pink, green, blue, red, black, and yellow are the colors worn by these Japanese TV superheroes with color-matching shark cycles. Who are the Power Rangers? Yes, or the Mighty Morphin Power (laughs) Rangers. Yes, yes, of course, the full title. All right, you're doing good so far. I'm hanging in there. All right. Fully equipped with sidecar, spare wheel, luggage rack, spade, jerry can, knobby tires, and two-wheel drive, this is the top-selling model of this Russian motorcycle company. What is your all? Ranger? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yes, you're all Ranger is yeah, the top selling model. Ranger. That comes yes. with all the things. Yes. All right. Oh, you feeling more confident I'm now? I'm feeling confident. Okay, well, let's see. We got three more. Okay. A fourth round draft choice uh, in 2014, and also from Russia, like the Ural, 
goaltender Igor Shesterkin broke out for a record-breaking year in 2021 and 2022, leading the NHL in save percentage of goals against average on this team. Who is the original Sixes New York Rangers? There you go. That's right, the original Six. That's the full title. (laughs) Yes. Ooh, ooh. Joining us from not-so-wet Marina, California, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. (laughs) Hello. Um, No, we're in a very peculiar spot because... It's glorious sunshine with you. It's glorious sunshine with me. In fact, I just got off the Superglide. Not a lovely ride. But I can't get to you because Watsonville is underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. But hey, I'm glad you joined us. We're just No, I'm thrilled to be here. We're just finishing up this quiz for Tom who's here. Um so you don't have to, you don't have to answer. This is all Hi, for Tom. Tom. Hello. Oh, he's Tom. very He's very handsome. I like your beard, Tom. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Tom, at a cost of $9,975, this American-made, street-legal, two-wheel drive, 208cc motorcycle now has an improved top speed of 37 miles per hour and somewhat of a cult following. What is the Ranger? (laughs) You're close. Good answer. I need that is the model. I need the brand. And if you can what is answer, the Vespa Ranger? That is a good guess. Emma, tell him what the answer is. I wish it's a Rokon Trailbreaker. I've seen the Rokon. All right. All right. You got one more. You can redeem yourself on this one. All right. The, the Kawasaki KLR250D8 has a range of 210 miles on paved roads with power being served by a four-stroke single-cylinder engine developing up to 28 horsepower. The military version saw various modi- modifications including noise and heat signature reductions, improved suspension systems, low-light service headlamps, and reinforced frames and was once used by this elite branch of the military. See, I'm looking at that book over there, and it says the Lone... I thought it said the Lone Ranger. (laughs) So I've been distracted by that. Who are the (laughs) Army Rangers? That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. U.S. Army Rangers who train at... what? Oh, they're in uh, upstate New York. I go by there sometimes. They're Mm. training ground. Yes. Well, there you go. I... I tried to come up with a quiz that had rangers and motorcycles. Yes, and I kept it, waiting for the Lone Ranger question, and it, it never arrived. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no. Yeah, well, there were no motorcycles. Thank you. Yes, thank you for making it easy, almost as easy as it could be Lone for me. Lone Ranger, how did we miss that one? <laughs> I tried to think I could do motorcycles I, in that one. I That's know, right. I know. I Yeah, the yeah. there's a, the, the rangers. I mean, there's so many rangers, but uh, I did my best. Yes, I appreciate that. Well you done. Did, you did well. You did well. You did well. Once I caught on to the theme once i really started paying attention <laughs> just so you know i did this te- i did a test version of this in the garage they did not catch up to the theme so quick <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Well, no, in in defense of the garage sometimes your themes can be a little tenuous liza <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you you were quick you were quick to it so since you were here last, so there's a bag of dicks on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I had to buckle down. Since you were here last, though, so, 
There's some big news with Rally for Rangers. There's a lot of big news with Rally for Rangers. Yeah. Um, there's kind of three big newses uh, this year. You know, the the documentary film is the biggest thing right now. It's uh, the fact that we've got this thing running the festival circuit. Um, we just won the Best of Festival at the Colorado Environmental Film Festival. That's and, great. Um, mm-hmm. National Wildlife Day um, festival that Jackson Wild puts on, um, and a, a host of others. Like it's just racking up laurels. So super exciting to get the word out that way. We got to watch it in the garage you before did. this. We had our own private screening. Yes. yes, we did in the garage. Yes, exactly. and I, I have to tell I have to tell the funny story. It's been a while since you've been here, and, and I think you forgot how tiny the garage actually yeah, is. Yeah, I know. I, I was. I had big plans. Emma Begg, you'll appreciate this. He was. <laughs> we we've been planning this for a while. Him, coming out here for this and he's like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll premiere the, the film out there and he's like hey what's the address so i can post on social media for everyone to come and join us for the premiere there and i'm like oh wait hold on <laughs> we can only fit five people <laughs> <laughs> i think you forgot how tiny the I garage did. is i forgot just par- just parking my bike in there last time wasn't there was no space <laughs> that's right yeah. exactly yeah didn't know what all the options were but yeah quickly decided that no uh not a big showing had it been better better weather we could have done something in the tent or even outside in the parking lot for more people down the road unfortunately we could but we did get to see it and i first off i wanted to say this is such a high-end well-made film i mean the the subject matter is great and i think that the filmmakers realized this was really worth a good investment and time how many years did it take it's been um going on since 2018 um fisher creative out of uh jackson wyoming driggs idaho uh they're an adventure filming company and they rescued us uh in the summer of 2018 when we had thought we had a contract with a film outfit to 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 film mongolia they um they bailed out with about a month to go Mm. and we were just we were at a loss and fisher creative had just finished doing um some filming uh on a uh, out in um the Gobi Desert um, on an archaeology trip, an award-winning trip for them. And uh, we got introduced to them in Mongolia. Just the timing worked out. And they turned around and sent somebody along with us just a few weeks later. And that's how it was born. It wasn't a feature wow. film thought at that point. It was just capturing one rally at a time. But once they got involved, they were like, hey, we want to keep doing this. This is, this is special. And, you know, they, they were all in. And so even just for travel costs, basically, you know, to come and film. So they filmed two rallies in 18 and then two rallies again in 2019 and then again in 2021. And we did the Kickstarter in 2020 last time I was here and and raised um, money to help kind of get that thing off the ground. And here we are finally all this time later with COVID delays and everything else. We finally got the premiere out the door this year. And so it's been a labor of love for sure for us and Fisher Creative. They did Expedition Everest for National Geographic. Serious business. Well, the production yeah, value. Very, it's very high production. Yeah, the production value. value was great. Watching it was really enjoyable. Yeah, and you had some uh, like some uh, drawn animation added into it. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 just wanted to tell the full story, right? And there's so many there's parts of the story that we don't have on film. And so how do we get those? Well, they started looking at some different animation outfits, and just we can fill some of those storytelling gaps um, with animation, and it really adds a lot of texture to the film. I think, and it's it's really remarkable. I'm just going to comment. That there was some well-placed animation um, in, in that replaced probably a real image of dead poached animals. Right. And just seeing an animated version of it lightens the blow because it's really hard mm-hmm. 
to look at that, you it know? Is. But yet you can't yeah. ignore it because that's such a big part of why you guys are doing this. That's what's real. You have to draw that balance, you know, between what's over the top to really tell the story and what really still gets it home. That No, this is real. This is happening. It's brutal. Um, and so they, they, I think they threaded that needle beautifully. Um, incidentally, they just got back from Ukraine. They're doing a film on... Um, so many of the NGOs that are supporting the the efforts in Ukraine, and so they they go into some pretty gnarly situations, and from the top of the world on Everest to to war zones, you know, to tell people stories, and um, we're we're fortunate to be connected with them. So, where else is the film? Uh, traveling that people can see it. So right now it's it's getting ready to go on the summer um, you know adventure moto circuit. Um, just got c- confirmation from uh, the Gadon Fest with Revzilla that it'll be showing there uh, at Zakar um, in the Rawhide facility at the end of April. I'll be taking it down to Horizons Unlimited, Virginia, mm, at cool. the end last it, with April. Uh, we're taking it up here to Horizons. So those of you in the in the California area. Um, the Horizons Mariposa event in mid-April. It'll be showing up there. A couple of our alumni that are in the film are showing it up there. Um, and then the Overland Expo circuit, starting with Overland West and going going through the Overland Expos. Um, the Get On Fest and the Black Hills uh, this oh, summer. Cool. Uh, I'll go back, I'm sure, to the Tour Tech Dirt Days in New Hampshire. That was a huge audience for us last year. Do you, do you need a motorcycle to ride in the Black Hills? Um, I might. I have a KLR there. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Is it is it in Custer? Yes. In a garage at the. Yes. At the, okay. Because you know exactly where yeah, it is. It's, yeah, I do know where because we had a conversation <laughs> with Michelle. Yeah. Um, yeah because. Another announcement. Mm-hmm. We are doing our first ever Rally for Rangers event in the U.S. of A. Yes. In I want to hear more Hills. about this. So we, wow. can get, we can get yes. to that. We can get to that. Oh, wait. So, Jim knows all about this. you got to watch out. They have <laughs> scary cows there. <laughs> scary cows? Is that, that would be like What's maybe that? scary yaks in Mongolia, perhaps? <laughs> no, Jim, Jim, just tell your story. Or are you like, talking about the bison so that much. are scary cows? No. no. Liza brings this up all I the time. It. When we were, uh, we were in Custer for a while, and I camped for three or four nights in the Black Hills off the bike. And I just didn't, never encountered so many cows in my life. And they're like the giant mountain cows. You know, they come charging off a hillside and stuff. But anyway, Eliza likes to... I, I, was, I was cow shocked by the end of the week. But uh, anyway, it was silly. The, the cows kept running on the road in front of them uh-huh. and just shitting out uh-huh. of fear. Uh-huh. Just creating more and more like things to avoid. Yeah, right. And he's like, yeah. I don't know how to get out of this. And it just kept getting worse It's a vicious cycle. Exactly. It's like an oil Scaring the shit out of yeah, literally. Uh, Emma, you're on mute. Hey, oh, no, no, I'm done. And I was going to say, I do exactly the same thing in deference to the cows. You, you've never, you've never seen me truly scared, but it's coming out of me. It's going through me like a Ferrari, darling. <laughs> so, tell me more about this uh, U.S. Yeah. What now? It's not. Are, are you giving bikes to rangers? Um, so a di- completely different model. Okay. We, you know, we started. We started hearing. Well, we n- didn't start. I mean, we we heard. We've heard from people from the beginning. I just. I can't do that. I can't take two weeks off of work. Right. I can't raise eleven thousand dollars, even though they probably can. But mm-hmm. it's a. It's a barrier. Totally gets a barrier. No, I'm gonna admit. I and just so, don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. too. It's just too much. So we're we started looking kind of domestically. What can we do here? We have so many people here who want to join and want to support us, mm-hmm. but can't do that all in thing overseas on an international trip so what can we 
we do here? Where's the need? And we started looking um, at not so much the federal landscape, because the federal landscape's fairly well taken care of, even though there's a lot of philanthropy going on there, too. Um, but we've been having conversations with um, with tribal parks and, and talking to, um, to like the Navajo Reservation and mm-hmm. the, the Navajo Tribal Parks, Ogallala Sioux Parks and Recreation, and um, but also the Black Hills State Parks and places like that. And so there are places where we can give tools and not necessarily motorcycles. Maybe it's a side-by-side. Um, yeah. And maybe it's night vision equipment. We've heard from them Ooh. that in the anti-poaching world, night vision is huge because so much of the poaching that happens out, bison poaching and elk poaching in the Black Hills uh, happens at night. And mm. so for them to have night vision to really help do the work, uh, we've given drones, you know, GPS units. So it's, it doesn't have to be motorcycles, but the motorcyclists can raise the money through a rally and then donate, to, you know. So the goal in the Black Hills in September, September 21 through 24, it's a weekend is that everybody will pay into the rally, uh, probably 800 for the weekend for your camping and your food and permits and stuff. And then we'll have a fundraising minimum for everybody, maybe $2,000. And if we get 30 riders raising $2,000 a piece, we can buy $60,000 worth of equipment for the rangers, you know, whether it's chainsaws, GPS units. And if they need motorcycles, then we'll give them. But it's not about that one motorcycle to one ranger model that we have elsewhere. Um, we have twice the number of people, and we have a completely different way of, of giving back. And so in some cases, somebody might fly in and rent a bike. Yeah. So we're, we've been talking to Rogue Moto out of Colorado, um, Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, and they might bring in their fleet. And so you can, I'll use yours, but yeah. you, you can rent a bike or you can bring your own. And so we're not leaving a bike behind like in the others, but leaving other equipment behind. That's the model. Yeah. For anyone else, my bike is available on twistedroad.com. You can rent it. But for Tom, for you, for you, your friend. I'll let you well, that's it. what I won. Right? Yeah. In addition to the Yeah. Bag. So Jim, do you remember, just to give everyone a perspective of the Black Hills, do you remember how many miles of dirt roads they have? I would say like 4,000 miles of, of, of yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they, they have, they, and they have designated number. moto single track. Mm-hmm. Like they have a trails superintendent in the yeah. Black Hills National Forest that just does motorized trails. Wow. So I've been learning so much more about oh, that and pouring over the maps. Oh. They really cater to, and some of them again no atvs no utvs motorcycle only hmm. trails in the black hills oh, interesting. that's remarkable yeah craig you would love it i mean you can just go out there and just so i would spend anywhere. i would that's where i learned how to dirt bike i would go out there every other summer and with my dad and i've spent more time in the black ah, hills riding than i ever so you know have. how expensive truly incredible there's this one trail called the roller coaster it's 100 miles and uh one (laughs) of the most epic motorcycle dirt bike single track roads in uh in the uh in the country, I actually buried a lock of my hair out there. And had a, I, <laughs> okay, this got weird. <laughs> I had a bet with my I had a bet with my dad. I had this one like strand of hair that he wanted cut off, and I didn't want to cut it. I was think I was like fifteen. Was and, it was uh, it a rat tail? No, it was a rat tail. And so I was like, I'll cut it off. And he said, We I'll bet you a hundred dollars. It's there next time we come, and and uh, we we haven't made it back to that it's spot a big yet. Correct right now. Won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Black Hills are uh, unbelievable. It's one of my favorite places to ride. 
Yeah, I'm glad that, I mean, the Get On Fest is bringing more attention to the Black Hills because it's just known as Sturgis Bike Week and everything. But there's right. amazing adventure riding. And now you guys going out there, too, and recognizing it. Yeah. That yeah. helps build that Yeah, and too. spreading it out, you know, and we're doing it in, in late September, right before their big Buffalo Roundup. So people who are into the bison yes. can stay a week and see the Buffalo Roundup, which is amazing. It's amazing. And it's a quiet week for them. And so it's good for us. It's good for them, you know. And, uh, yeah, we're super excited. And we're adding, actually, a gravel cycling event event to that weekend um there there's an outfit um that's uh yeah cycling quest and they're going to put on uh for those that don't motorize ride a gravel cycling event to also raise money and so getting because the gravel cycling right now is just taken off in the bicycling world gravel riding is kind of like adventure riding's taken off on the moto side gravel's taken off on the bicycle that side does not sound like fun to and me. um <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> I know. um yeah so it's it's going to be a full-on fun weekend uh, we're going to bring a lot of people to custer that weekend so you're hoping that this film is going to bring a lot of attention to rally for rangers Absolutely. for years to come for years to come and the third thing yeah big thing big first ever rally for rangers sweepstakes oh this is big i heard about this no oh. i want everyone to pay attention right now i know about this and this is now yeah. if this is now this is starting this month now okay yeah. we are giving away a trip to mongolia <laughs> wow. wow yeah 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 2024 no pay attention 2024 um to join us in mongolia on the rally for rangers trip and we're going to start selling tickets we've been watching with great interest and jealousy the success of the bdr of the colorado trails preservation alliance and others and their motorcycle giveaways and you know they do great work in raising money for for their work through these giveaways and we're like let's not do another motorcycle what can we do we have an experience like no other Let's give one away. Let's let's let somebody come for basically for free. I mean, you've got to deal with a couple of personal expenses, but covering flights, covering the cost of yeah. the motorcycle, covering all your income, fifteen thousand dollar value. Yeah, um, we're giving away, wow. and so we're going to start selling tickets this month, and we're going to sell them through the summer, through the event season, uh-huh. and announce the winner in the fall at the end of October, and then summer of twenty twenty four, somebody's going to get to join um, in Mongolia, and uh, it's. Yeah, it's something that we've never tried before, and we are so excited to give somebody the opportunity. How much will the tickets be? Tickets right now are set to cost $25 a piece, and then scaling up, right? Patreon money, I'm using you. 25 bucks a piece, five for 100, you know, and so on, up to the, probably there will be a $1,000 amount that that scales the value of the tickets, and so, so that's how we'll do it. And um, we're just going to raise money for the program and give somebody, you know, an amazing experience. And for those listeners out there, there may be a small fraction of you who don't ride. You don't have to ride a motorcycle. You can be on the support team. But let's be clear. I want to be clear. This is in not fine print. Um, this is going to be in bold. You're going to be working your ass off. <laughs> this is not a vacation. This is remote, rugged travel. Whether you're in the U.S. van bouncing along behind us and setting up camp every night and taking it down in the morning or on the motorcycle busting your chops every day, it's work. And it's an incredible opportunity to be a part of. And uh, we're anxious to give somebody that opportunity and to help raise some money doing it. So look for, for an announcement at rallyforrangers.org and on our Instagram site uh, later this month. And we're going to launch the campaign and um, we'll see who gets to join us for, for free on this all expenses paid trip next year, 2024. That, that's nice. pretty amazing. Um, please make sure that you notify send send a link to me. Sure we will. will share it with everyone because we love to help people out. In fact, 
this is a great opportunity um, to share another uh, group that we are helping, the AMA. We have brought back Mm -hmm. the AMA Minute. Here it is. My name is Erin Rita. I'm the grassroots coordinator for the American Motorcyclists Association, and this is the AMA Minute. In federal news, the U.S. House of Representatives have reintroduced the Repair Act, which stands for the Right to Equitable and Professional Auto Industry Repair, or H.R. 906. This bill would ensure that motorcyclists and independent repair shops have access to the information, tools, and parts needed to repair motorcycles. In state news, from Albany, New York, the New York State Senator Liz Kruger has introduced Senate Bill 2773, a bill that seeks to ban the sale of off-highway motorcycles and ATVs by dealers or individuals within New York City. The AMA strongly opposes this ban. While the bill's goal is to address illegal use of OHVs on public roads, it instead needlessly punishes law-abiding residents and will do nothing to address illegal use of off-highway vehicles on city streets. Thousands of New Yorkers are avid off-road riders and should not lose their right to buy or sell their vehicles within city limits. From Richmond, Virginia, after submitting testimony opposing House Bill 1772, which would have allowed localities to create mechanisms for the seizure, impounding, and disposition of off-road machines used on public roads or private property without the approval of the landowner, the AMA is happy to report this bill has failed to make it to a full House vote. In AMA news, the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Famer and multi-talented road, motocross, AMA Supercross, and Superbikers racer Steve Wise will be the Grand Marshal for the 2023 AMA Vintage Motorcycle Days event, which will be held on July 21st through July 23rd at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in Lexington, Ohio. To learn more about how you can use your voice to help fight these issues and more, please visit the AMA's Action Center at AmericanMotorcyclist.com. Thanks for listening. Isn't it awesome to be working with the AMA again? Um, Love the AMA. I love, yeah, I, I, I love what they're doing. And, uh, and I re-upped and, my two-year membership when we were in New you? York together. Sure did. Uh, yes. Any forum that we can um, give them. You know, and from, from AmeriCade, um, at the AMA booth, I met Aaron mm-hmm. uh, Retta, who came on my trip, who then wrote the article. And yep. I don't know if you read the AMA I magazine. Sure did. I sure go. did. I saw all those Bang. pretty pictures. Isn't and it amazing you believe it. how just from these small connections and just going out there, how things just snowball and yeah. it all helps. Yeah, I mean, Bro, from from my do. time at Americade and meeting the team up there, they help us build our first Shopify site. So we have a store on Shopify, oh. Rally for Rangers on Shopify for to get our to get some swag, and um, yeah, that was just through again making those connections. Christian and and his team helped us through that process. The community is just incredible. Yeah that that is that was a fun event to be at. Um, I now I have I'm going to go off off. A little off topic. I want to ask you a question that I don't know that anyone else has asked you. And this is not Rally for Rangers specific, but this is Tom Metema uh, specific. I would like to get your opinion on a topic that's coming up more and more. As a ranger, um, I want to get your opinion on e-bikes on trails. Because it's very common to ride bikes, mountain bikes. Uh, I, I don't... I, are they banned in in any parks, really? No? Not going to go there. 
Okay. <laughs> That's why I know for a lot of people are having trouble like where do we what where do we categorize these and how do we limit them and and my my question is do they actually cause harm or damage? Yeah, right. And again, given my role in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and my role with the National Park Service, it's just not something I could. Okay. Comment no on. problem. Yeah, that's what because as a ranger, your job is to maintain, and and I'm just trying to figure out where do they belong, you know? So yeah, no, understood. And I and I'm yeah. a I'm an e bike personal advocate. I, yeah. I've ridden them. I don't own one right now, but I kind of wish I did some days when I'm commuting. Um, but that you know, and, and that changes administration to administration. One administration feels strongly about yeah, yeah, access, yeah. and one administration feels less strongly. Um, but yeah, given my role and position, it's just not something I can t- take. So how, how do you feel about the future of just motorcycle riding on trails in general? Do you? Because I know in California, there's a lot of conversations going on about closing some stuff down and, and limiting. Do you yeah, think- well, I think, you know, again, from my personal perspective, mm-hmm. I think that we're we're fortunate to have so much access to so much public land um, that I see both opening up and in some cases contracting a little bit, depending on where it is. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm curious about the transition to, to electric motorcycle yeah. and your e-bike mm-hmm. question. What does, what does that mean? Because what we hear, complaints we hear in public land space is noise. Right. And the the impact on the other recreational users Mm -hmm. of loud recreation, whatever that loud recreation is and and somebody who's looking for one experience versus another. And it's interesting to think about the future, you know, just projecting ahead 50 years. What will be the percentage of electric motorcycles on trails versus today? You have to assume it'll be exponential and that those impacts that have been historically a concern will be less of a concern. There's still, you know, the trail damage concerns that people come up with and things like that. But I am a firm believer as a lifelong public lands advocate that we have this tapestry of strictly protected spaces, which is really limited. There's, you know, there's there's wilderness that's strictly protected in places like that. But the vast majority of our land is is in BLM, is in Forest Service, mm-hmm. um, places that tend to have access, multiple use, grazing, logging, mining, extraction. Those things are still happening and will keep happening um, so that there's there's plenty for, for everyone. But there certainly are those pockets, and you'll find those pockets particularly state by state on state land, right. where you'll see some changes happening, more so probably than at the federal level. So you're thinking there's going to be a, a push to build out infrastructure in the next decade or two to ha- to accommodate electric vehicles in general? Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen some some investments there, you know, yeah. from Congress already, right, with uh, the, bi-pro- the the infrastructure law and some of the Inflation Reduction Act stuff and other uh, laws that have been passed just in the last two years. Yeah. A lot of electric infrastructure has been part of that. Not kind of, you know backcountry motorcycle charging access. Um, but we're also seeing such improvement in solar, you know, people that are bringing their toy haulers out, right. they're going to have the charging capability right on their mm-hmm. unit. And so instead of hauling a big tank of gas, they're going to have batteries and they're, you know, so I'm, I'm it's going to be curious to see how the market keeps up with that mm-hmm. and what the transition is like and how quickly it happens. Yeah, because running loud generators isn't going to fix it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, in terms right. of noise. Well, that's right. you know, a lot of the country, they don't, don't give a poop where right. you go riding in the Tennessee mountains or the Black Hills. Here in California, we're very restricted where we can go ride. And uh, what comes up a lot is the noise. But there's another factor that Emma and I learned about. Emma, do you remember when we took the the off-road class at the Honda f- um, facility down in Southern California? And one of the oh, things he like- mentioned was that you got to also keep in mind dirt bikes may pick up seeds Mm-hmm. Right. and plants 
And then you go mm. to another place and you drop them off. Invasive species. Invasive species is another big part of it that I think we don't really think yeah, about. I think the boaters deal with that more than we do. But I, and I was going to say, that's the parallel. The boating community have been dealing with this for a long, long time. And a few lakes throughout the U.S. have had their native species decimated because of boaters bringing in invasive species. Um, I think it's less of an issue, but I think it's something to be... The, the thing I enjoyed the most about the Honda course, and we did it as we were students, so there was no difference for us as journalists. And of course, they teach you how to ride the bike, and they teach you how to ride the bike responsibly, but they treat they teach you how to tread the trail responsibly. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I really appreciated that. They said, look, you're going to be riding through these environments. This is what you're going to encounter in California. Here's how you make the least impact on the environment. So it's going to be there for your children and your children's children to enjoy, which I thought was a very, very responsible way of dealing with it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing you'll find more and more now with boats, right, are the boat washing stations. There's a yes. ma many, many bodies of water now you cannot take your boat to until you've been inspected mm -hmm. and you go through a boat washing station. So, you know, who knows if that's, you know, you, the tire inspection station or tire, you know, what, what that is. But no, I, I really appreciate, you know, your perspective on that because I agree. It's everything from the oil and gas spillage, you know, and, and you know, along the way to, to parts being left out, you know, and uh, who knows what. That's what I um, wanted to ask you, your perspective. What are all the, the factors in prohibiting vehicles from going in? In areas yeah yeah that's a, a huge part of it what you know what we find is that that leave no trace ethic just doesn't exist in in large numbers of people mm. and so the mm. the campsites that just don't mm. get cleaned up the fires that start right. because of cigarette mm -hmm. butts and campfire pe people not putting out their breakfast campfire um you know the food that gets left behind so the wildlife interactions the bears and the other animals that come and they get habituated to human food i mean and this doesn't even begin to talk about the trail riding and some of the, the things that you're talking about so there's so many potential impacts that the more we can get people to think about the the environmental impact from the time they leave their personal garage you know to the time they get back to it and every all the points in between um the better and so to hear that there are training facilities like that focusing on you mm -hmm. know that low impact experience that low impact travel and because what what the public sees this has always been a challenge for us is that the public sees you just launching through the dunes and just tearing shit up yeah. and 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 so it just reinforces a bias that's already there mm -hmm. and right. and so that's that's where we as Rally for Rangers are trying to to create this space where motorcycles are part of environmental protection right. because yeah, yeah. so many people in our country see them as tools of destruction and because of the imagery you know I mean we all love to watch a great Red Bull jump and all these different things but when somebody thinks about all of the impact of some of those things they're less likely to support it um, and so the more we can show that those givebacks are happening and that you know that we're taking care and that there's this happened um, you know, recently where a group got together and they just started an annual cleanup and they made it very public and they invited people mm -hmm. who weren't, weren't riders, but they were the organizers of it. And so and, and so showing that we care, we're going to clean this up before we go. Come on out with us. Let's have a barbecue and let's all clean it up together, building community that way. Um, so those kind of things can really help also. Now for you right. as a previous cruiser rider, now an adventure rider. Um, how do you feel finding like 
trails to ride and places to go and your impact as a as a biker on these trails but also being a ranger and knowing how much that impact plays in yeah how has that changed for you yeah i think for for me a a lot of it is about knowing where i am and Uh it's kind of like hunting that way right With, with you know where you're hunting know where you are know whose land you're on you know don't you know though just because that's one of the ways that you can get things shut down is by riding in the wrong place um on the wrong person's that's what bdr bdr does such a great job of of outlining that but when i go out on my own i always want to know where i am so that i know that i'm not getting you know I, i never make a choice i'm like oh i think it'll be okay i never make that choice um, I always just pivot because I, because of who I am and because of my day job as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not going to risk shutting down an area's trails because I chose the wrong path. So that's that's part of it when I go because that's mostly what I'm doing now in terms of the adventure riding is not not a ton of trail riding on the 800. You know, a, a little bit here and there, but mostly it's the gravel road, the two track, the farm road, yeah. and so you just don't know when you're crossing a boundary. Because they're not all marked. Now that you're an adventure writer, has your brain clicked? I think like everybody here, we see those dirt roads going up those hills and it's like, how do I get? everywhere we go i mean right? that's do you see it now and all you're like, the time oh, oh yeah it's yeah. like what i used to do with skiing i would see lines everywhere as <laughs> yeah, i'm driving right? there's a line well, i want to <laughs> ski that line i want to ski that line and and it happens on the mongolia rallies because there are so many um uh goat tracks that, that are eight, like inch, eight inches tracks. wide yeah eight <laughs> yeah, inches yeah. wide that just <laughs> snake through the step and you get on one of those and you just flow through those things and so we're always looking for those you know and diving off onto those so you're right you get the eyes for it and you just kind of let you salivate when you see um and I, i'm but i'm always trying to mentally check myself as i could you know is there because you just never know when you're hitting a boundary and um i just don't want to you know anger the wrong person yeah and the reason that i was bringing up the e-bikes is it's um it's, it's kind of like, you know, the evolution of man from Neanderthal, right? Where, like, you go from the mountain bike, which is unrestricted, to the e-bike, which is kind of in this in-between, to the electric motorcycle, mm-hmm, yeah. to a gas motorcycle. And, like, it's hard. Where do you qualify them? But also, does that open doors for motorcyclists to go places that they've just been banned before by a presumed... Um, I don't know, damage or violation. I don't know. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do know what you mean. And I've also been curious to know, I think, and some studies might show this, but do, does the e-bike crowd, do any of them matriculate into motorcycling then, I wonder? All of a sudden, they get on powered two wheels for the uh-huh. first time. I don't, Tom, I don't think so from the conversations I've had. No, there's no transfer they're, there. They're, they're their own thing. Yeah. And very, very much into electric propulsion. Right. Um, and it's almost like the propulsion is number one. Yeah. So it's it's not, you're not going to find them jumping off of e-bikes and getting on, you know, KTM 690s. Yeah, yeah I, of course. I, it's, it, the propulsion is one of the key things. Bagel, sorry. Yeah, I agree. Well, I was just going to add to it too, that I, I think part of the attraction is that Electric bicycles, there's no licensing requirement. There's no registration. There's no insurance. There's no titling. You know, none of that is is in the picture. It's 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 hassle free. So there's a there I think that makes it a lot more attractive as well. For sure. Where where for a lot of those people who are in electric bicycles, stepping up to an electric motorcycle, it's like you're taking on all this extra burden and cost that almost in in a lot of cases, if if you're not doing high speed riding which you generally don't do off-road, 
it's like that that's almost counter you know counterproductive well it's also a, a commitment to ride dirt where we're at i mean we got to ride sure. right. you know at least an hour to get to get to a park but but five or six right. hours to get to the desert you know you right. can ride in the santa cruz hills in 10 minutes you know yeah but um i'll give you an example of somebody who went from internal combustion to electric and very successfully is one of my clients um and obviously i'm not going to name him he owns a very very successful classic car restoration business and so he's, of course he's got money's not an issue and he has a cabin up in the um, i think it's up near shasta and traditionally he's kept a couple of honda ct90s up there for him and his partner um, and they've had them for many, many years. But, of course, you go through the same thing. You go through batteries. You go through stale gasoline. You go blah, 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 blah. And he recently sold them on Bring a Trailer and got buku bucks for these things and bought a couple of electric bikes. And he said, look, I'm presented with something that's always ready for me to use cost less than the CT90, is infinitely more reliable, is quieter. He sees it as having far less impact on the trail. Um, and these are, these are electric bicycles with oversized knobby tires. So it worked for him. Whether it's how that's going to translate when we get into the bigger machines, but you know, I saw his electric bicycles, and in comparison to his old CT90s, there, there was absolutely no comparison. It was a far superior machine. But I should also point out it was also a 50-year younger machine in terms of design. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I'm not trying to, like, drag you in a controversial topic. I just see <laughs> you got mountain bikes and e-bikes, and there's not a huge difference. And then from e-bikes... To electric motorcycles, not a big difference. An electric motorcycle. Big difference in power. To get, get, yes, but there's these small steps. And like, where do you draw mm -hmm. the line? And that's where we're at right now. And if you move that line, like, okay, we'll allow the e-bikes. Oh, but now why can't you allow the electric motorcycles? Right. But also, could it open doors to allow us to go more places and possibly ride in national parks, you know? Right. I, you know what I see us competing with as far as access or not competing with, but joining with in an odd way. It's very similar to, you know, uh, Ducks Unlimited and wildlife like con conservation like out in the Delta, you know, in the rice yeah, paddies yeah. is uh, it, it's the side by sides and the other power sports out there. Because we I've you know, with since COVID, this side by side and the four wheelers and that stuff has grown exponentially. Yeah, sure so I see, you know, and it seems like they have maybe it's just sheer numbers, but more of a chance at lobbying to open access to things. I know it's a different conversation. You're talking about being quiet and, well, and all that kind of stuff, but motorcyclists are such a small percentage of the people that access yeah. the outdoor world. And you start talking about hunters um, and side by side people. That's yeah, the lion's so, share of who has access. I don't think to I've it. seen any side by side electrics come oh. out yet. Have, has anybody seen those? I haven't um, seen any. Did they have them at the show? No, I, I think. Uh, Volcon has one. They do. Uh, yeah. Tom, I think it's just because we just get this I want to go there attitude, but then you have to be reminded. And you have this perspective like, oh, but the it's the mating season for the frog, or there's things that we don't, we're not aware of that greatly affect. I mean, that's why you're not supposed to go off trail. 
It's right. a, that's a simple thing you guys deal with all the time. I was even amazed that, like in Zion, was last year this woman went off the trail and they and was lost, and she was mm-hmm. not far at all from this common trail that I do all the time when I'm in Zion. It's like stay, stay on the trail. Why is this so hard? Yeah, stay on the trail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are places you can go off trail. There are there are cross country, you know, opportunities in the backcountry and wilderness and things like that. Like there's a time and a place for it. But in in the you know congested areas and busy areas, yeah, you yeah. have to. Otherwise, everything is denuded. Like it's just destroyed. And as you said, we are there are climbing closures, you know, for peregrine falcon nesting and all yeah. kinds of different things that yeah. happen in d- different trail closures and things like that. But I mean, the, so you know, to me, and even even in the e-bike realm, there you know, there's the three tiers, you know, the three power tiers of e-bike, mm-hmm. and and even the top power tier is not allowed, um, you know, on like trails where the where the lower tiers are because of because of speed, because of impact, you know, equestrian traffic, human traffic, and so the more the more speed, you know, that gets carried, the more potential for conflict and injury and things like that. So there's that's some of the the barriers too to. Um, a full powered machine on a trail, whether it's electric or not. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many nuances to this topic. Um, it's a fascinating one. So now well, let's go back to, to you and your F800 GS. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 now the adventure guy. Have, have you been going on any adventures here in 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 America on your bike? I'm a adventure guy. <laughs> Not the adventure guy. You know uh, what I mean, but yeah, yes. you've got. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do know what you mean. Um, and you know, see, that's the beauty of of me. As I said before, I'm a I'm a decent motorcycle rider. I'm not a very good motorcycle owner. <laughs> yes. Um, so that makes every ride. No. Ad- that makes every ride an adventure. <laughs> I like those guys because that's my business. Yes, exactly. I love to keep you in business. And and that makes every ride for me an adventure um, because I don't know how to fix a lot of the things that go wrong. And um, so, but so for, for me, the, the adventure riding, we've got something down South of us in Virginia called Penmerrill farm. Have you heard of Penmerrill? Penmerrill is an equestrian and motorcycle farm. What? Yeah. And they've got lodges, they've got RV units, and they have stalls for your motorcycle. So let's say you live in D.C., don't want a trailer back and forth for the season. And, you can rent a stall, a horse, former horse stall, what? and keep your gear and your motorcycle in with the hay in the stall. And, <laughs> I was going to say, do they provide the hay? And it's waiting for you when you <laughs> wow. come back. So they also have horses. But um, it's it's run by a couple and, and their family, and so they have they have trails, they have trainings for motorcycles and for for horses. And so we go down there with groups periodically just for for fun and for you can either go down and ride yourself, just do single track riding. They've got cones and barrels. You can set up your own challenge course. Um, they have a fabulous hillside uh, mode. trail course so so if you can't make the corner you just go into the tall grass like you don't you know you're not going off the side of the mountain um and it's just tremendous training ground so we have tons of fun there at at penn merrill so that's a place that we target Mm -hmm. this is cool they have a swimming pool too yes i think (laughs) so you bring the whole family and and people who don't ride can swim they can ride horses while you're off doing the motorcycle thing um penn merrill's a it's a gift it's It's really a cool logo it's a a horse blended with a motorcycle it just reminds me i just wanted to do a Shout out to Daniel at Broken Arrow Horse Camp in Custer. Nice, mm-hmm. yes. our friend Daniel that we visited there. He's a biker. Okay, who has a horse camp. But, okay, but if you want to look have him up, put bikers up when you're there too. There's cabins. It's a great, great facility. Love it. That yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. Of course, the Mid Atlantic BDR 
is almost through my backyard. Have you done so it? So we can jump just portions, not the whole thing, just sections of it. Um, and so that's just one of the. It's one, so this is one of the challenges, right? Yeah. So we've got this full time job, and then I've got this other full time job. Yeah. And trying to to you know manage and run uh, this this volunteer nonprofit work and launch all these new initiatives and do films and all this stuff like there's very little time left to ride. And I'm lucky that there's a there's a bikes and breakfast event that happens in in Maryland and Virginia every other Sunday, and it's two blocks from my house, so I can always go. Mm-hmm. I can walk there if I want to. So are you? And you're in D.C. I'm in Poolsville, Maryland, just okay. outside of D.C. Yeah. So so I don't I don't get as much riding in as I would like, but when I do, I've got a group. We've got a growing group of alumni of our you know of our alumni that live near me. Um, I've got at least three now. Herbert. Herbert, Herbert Green, Herbert, <laughs> Herbert Green just turned 80. Her, Herbert turned 80 wow. one month after he got back from our Peru rally. That's mm. great. Amazing. Nice. And then he went to Bhutan the same year and did the Bhutan wow. rally. Nice. And so Herb is our hero. And so he lives nearby. Craig went to Peru. Eric uh, went to Bhutan and he's, he's just signed up for uh, Black Hills. So a growing peop- most of our riders are from the Bay Area. We have them from all over the world, but, but really California for the most part. If we have 70 alumni, I'm saying 50 of them are from the Bay Area. Mm. Um, oh, but wow. more, more now wow. from other areas, and um, including near, near where I am. So. so, And since you're in the D.C. area, have you been to the Air and Space Museum to see Aaron's bike oh, yet? Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I still owe her a photo because um, the Air and Space is, is like three blocks from my office. And oh. so um, I'm fortunate to be very close to there. And I, I missed the opening. Um, but yeah, super psyched to have uh, her in the speed uh, display in there. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I was there not too long ago, in fact. Um, She's in Patagonia Adventure riding right now. Yes. Oh, wow. So jealous. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see. Oh, here I am. Hey, there's my picture there I sent her. I'm sure way. she's getting peppered by all <laughs> these no people taking pictures and sending yes. it to her. Hey, here I am. <laughs> yeah, it was really Snoopy. cool to go see that. I did, so you're near the AMA offices. They're not too far from there. I thought the AMA was in Ohio. No, they're a block over from the Capitol. Oh. They had a, they had a rooftop view. <laughs> no, I did I did not know that because I went to the AMA museum. What is the museum? Well, um, oh yeah, that's, headquarters yeah. is in Ohio. Yeah, but they have a lot of bureaucratic headquarters. branches yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In, in DC. Okay, so they're oh, in, yeah. they're were in the same building as C-SPAN. Okay, so they're, yeah, they're down on the Capitol Hill side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Oh, you should go visit them. That's yeah. why I, I yeah. stopped in and and. And gave him a chat. In fact, perfect segue. Um, there's another thing that they are fighting in this kind of dirt bikes. Again, this is just crazy, the stuff that they're, they're having to get involved with. Did you guys hear there's a new Senate bill uh, in New York City right now that prohibits the sale of, of dirt bikes and ATVs in New York? Really? Yes. In New York, in New York, New York State. In the city. Of New York. Oh. Hmm. What are yeah. they related to? Is it emissions or behavior? 12 o'clock, boys. Yeah. How many dirt bike shops are there in New York City? Well. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a several. Here's the thing. There yeah. are so many, like, stolen dirt bikes and right. 12 o'clock, yeah, the, the guy, hooligans and stuff, riding them. So they're just banning the sale. But that means that all the dirt bike riders who legally own their dirt bikes who you know trailer and go ride legal trails are not allowed to sell their bikes in new york oh, city like they're, private yes, private sales are yes. not allowed 
That's yes. a dangerous precedent. Now they'll have to like set. go to New Jersey okay, to sell weird. their bike. And it's another one of these things mm-hmm. where it's a casting a net that's getting law-abiding citizens too. Um, yeah. And this, again, is why we have the AMA. They have to get involved. Um, yeah, it says uh, this bill prohibits the sale of ATVs and off-highway motorcycles in the city of New York, provides enforcement mechanisms and penalties, requires each purchaser of an ATV purchased for use in the state of New York to sign a declaration which will state that such purchaser understands all laws and regulations governing the use of such ATV, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on. And it's like, you can't do that, man. That's Can you imagine? Well, that, New, is it New York? Is it what they do in the other thing by stopping people and sweating them? And wasn't that New York also? Yeah, we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, they have the mm-hmm. motorcycle checkpoints where they oh. pull everybody over and then well, give them tickets. I, I want to go back to what you just said, Liza. Is this an outright ban, or is just a ban unless you sign a disclaimer? No, this is an outright ban in the state. To the city, city yeah, in the city, so in, the city. in the city, okay, <clears throat> for the sale. No, it, that's unsustainable. That's an incredibly yeah. dangerous precedent. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I don't think that's enforceable. Yeah, that's why I'm always keeping up um, with you know the AMA and what they're doing. So thank you to them for for staying on top of it. So you've gone from the cruiser to the F800. Are you lusting for anything else? Has this awakened the beast in you? Uh, yeah, there was no question that there's a there's a plethora of of bikes that I would like to add. Um, right now, it's a sm- it's a smaller bike. You know, that would love to have a a, a dirt bike, a smaller enduro, something that you know, my bike is really tall for me. It's really big, and it's not as nimble as I'd like it to be. And I'm sure that I could make it more nimble if I spent the time. But there's some trails right near my house um, on some friends' property that they're always out riding. You know, um, mm-hmm. on their dirt bikes, and so. Uh, I would love to have something smaller. That would be the next thing I would do if I just had, you know, whatever. Um, uh, so walking like, around money, like a two fifty or yeah, something. Just... Yeah, yeah, two fifty, three hundred, something like that. Oh yeah, um, the uh, Jim. Do you still have a rally for sale? <laughs> no. I never see you one. How about that? The rallies? The rally is long gone. It's in Idaho, actually. Is it? Yeah, the rally yeah. rate is. I in mean, Idaho. they're they're out there. That's that's not the issue. <laughs> they're there to buy. Oh yeah, they're, they're waiting for you. <laughs> that's right. It's one with your name on it. That's well, right. I am building a trailer. That's that's kind of fun. Tricking oh. out a, a, oh, a trailer. You've gotten oh. that itch. So, huh? uh, yes, yes, I got it last year, and so I've got cool. the insulation in, the electricals in. I've got my uh, pit bull restraint system is in. I've done my first trip with it. Yeah, that's been a, you know, and um, it's got room for one or two more bikes in there. Craig, how have you not become the I'm building a trailer guy? <laughs> <laughs> that seems right up your alley, man. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Pair with, of wheels. with a good trailer. How about sure. a car that can pull a trailer? Do you have that? Uh, I do have that. Okay. Yeah, that's part of our problem. We have we have a car that needs to pull it's a lightweight build. Um, but yeah, so there, there she is. She's just sitting oh, in there great. ready to go. So yeah. that's the, nice. kind of the start. Yeah. Get a lightweight that. dirt bike. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll it, it's such a treat. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's I mean, that, well, the funny thing is, is that's what I ride overseas. I was going to say, you've ridden them all ridden over. a bunch of different ones, you know, and, uh, there was a stretch between, after I sold the cruiser, um, before I bought the GS, there was at least three years in there where I didn't ride except for in Mongolia. 
And, you know, and it just, that was just the nature of life at that point. Mm -hmm. And I would just go over there, get that new AG 200 and ride it for two weeks and come home and wait for the next year and do it again. Um, you know, but I love that small bike riding. You know, I get it. Um, I love the riding in Pakistan. And I tell Jim, like, <clears throat> over there, like, I tackle everything. Like, I have so much on it over here. I'm like, oh, I don't want to fall. Oh, I don't want to get hurt. Oh. <laughs> I think, for me, the big difference is big bikes and small bikes. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no question about it. Like, that's d- dumping that little bike is just, it's just not a thing. Like, it, you know, again, I want to keep the bike safe. I don't want to give the Ranger a damaged bike. But I'm just not worried about coming off of it. Um, coming off yeah. the GS is a whole different thing. That's the truth. It, exactly. I mean, um, it, yeah, I just, I don't know. I do things over there that I wouldn't do here. And I, mm-hmm. and just like some of these bridges, oh my God, in the, let's go back to the movie. Um, Bagel or Emma, were you guys able to watch any of the movie? I, I yes. watched a, a little, a little. <laughs> so Bagel's going to have to take this one for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you see the, the bridges? I did. Look very familiar. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Those long <laughs> yeah. suspension bridges. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun to ride. Waiting to catch a handlebar. <laughs> yep. You know. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yet, what? What? Like when you're on one, and let's, let's see if you have the same experiences we have. The boards are not all tightly fastened, and there's True. this click, clack, click, clack, yep. and every now and then there's gaps or missing or broken yep. boards, and yep. you're kind of weaving around, and the bridge. They can sway it and moves, move a sure. little bit, yeah. and it's very oh, yeah. uneasy feeling. Yeah, yeah. But it's like also, trying to ride on Jello. Yeah, yeah but yeah. also yeah. this like <laughs> woohoo, like <laughs> I did it. But uh, yeah, so I I had a situation on a bridge um, two trips ago where I didn't think I was gonna make it and made a poor decision. I went over a bridge we didn't need to go over, but it looked like fun and it mm. was there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it turned out to be an old narrow pedestrian bridge with very low side rails mm, yeah. that started swaying in the middle yeah no fun and i was looking down at the raging river and calculating how fast i would sink in all my gear and i and all i could do was just keep on the throttle i had my feet down i was duck paddling across and just don't stop don't stop don't stop don't stop but also picturing my death yeah mm. yeah yes and here you yeah. are. Exciting stuff. To tell the tale. But that was the first time I went, I went too far. Mm-hmm. I, I took a risk. I don't know. I, something about on these trips, I feel invincible. Yeah. Does, does that make Why? sense? So I don't know if you remember some of the footage, some of the GoPro footage yeah. with the exposure. Yep. Yeah. Just haunt, that was my GoPro footage. Yep. And I did not remember that. Mm-hmm. Like when I looked at it after the fact, I was like, I must have been so (laughs) hyper focused because I would have been freaked out Mm -hmm. at a 2000 foot vertical drop off, you know, three feet to my right. Yep. And it was bouncy and it was slippery and um, same sort of thing. And then you Um, got blind turns in the middle of it where you don't know something's coming. And you have vehicles coming the other (laughs) way. Yeah, exactly right. Um, You know, Liza, that what you just said, we had the opposite experience from your, the bridge that you didn't need to take. Um, We had like a, hour-long river crossing in mongolia 2018 um to get all 15 bikes 
across. It was deep. It was fast. We we submerged at least three or four of oh, wow. the bikes, oh, you know, and had oh. to get them out, drain them, um, and it was arduous. Yeah. And I think there's I think there's some video of me in this pushing one of the riders out of that river crossing, and so we spent about and just soaking wet. Everything's wet. You're in, and then we we so we all get on our bikes finally, and we kind of go up slope a little ways to to kind of dry out and relax, and we look upstream. There's a bridge. <laughs> so it was a bridge that had been built since our guide had lost oh, how funny. And we just lost it, right? I mean, what are you going to do? He's you laughing. just you can't make that stuff up, you know? Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it just was one of those moments where we're like, okay, <laughs> this is this is it. And then the other one that that's also in the film was we got down to we were supposed to have a ferry across. Um, this was 2019 and we got to the ferry and it's one of these, um, uh, the water, water driven self-powered, you know, the hydro powered ferry. So, I mean, the, the force of the water takes it across and the ferry captain's not there. There's nobody there to get us across. And so we're like, <laughs> what, how long do we wait? And we wait and we wait, wait. an hour goes by. Wait, if the force of the water gets you across, how does it come back? Same this thing. Is... Just you just pivot, just like a sailboat. Oh, right in the wind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a the, the it has, yeah it's a, it's a catamaran, and so the cats are pointing upstream, and if you point them this way, it, it pushes across, and if you point them this way, it, it'll push you back. So the the force <laughs> of the water is what brings, and it's on a cable. Right, so oh, it, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it stays on the cable. So okay, um, <laughs> so yeah, exactly, and so. Um, no, no ferry captain. Hours later, well, we start to try. Well, let's just do it. We're just going to take it across. We'll figure this out. And so we load, <laughs> we load six oh, bikes no. on. We get halfway across. It's actually tethered by lock underwater cable. <laughs> oh no! So you can't steal the ferry. Oh. So we had to bring it all the way back. And then we tried for a while to pick the lock. We finally gave up and set up camp. And the next day, the ferry captain came. He had the date wrong. And we got across. So it's like, this is one of these things on these adventures. When you're buying a ticket to join us next year in Mongolia, like things can happen (laughs) that you just can't even plan or imagine. That's that's adventure, right? That's what it means. That's exactly what I was going to say. It is an adventure ride. That's right. And here you are talking about the ferry crossing with the ferry and getting the bikes across and seeing the bridge. If you'd have taken the bridge, you'd have forgotten about it already. That's right. This is is what we talk about. This is what we talk about. If the captain was there and you just got on it and it was uneventful, you'd have forgotten about it already. That's right. That's exactly right. That's the nature of adventure, the unexpected, the unplanned. Um, yeah, yeah, those those events, those are the thing. And every rally has its moment. Every one, we can look back to one or two singular moments like that on each of our rallies. And um, there's a book in there somewhere, too, coming. So let's get to the big plugs now. Namibia? Namibia's full. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's, 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 there's a wait list that was no surprise. Like our alumni came out of the woodwork oh, for our first cool. ever Africa rally. The cool thing about Namibia is that they're not going to the bikes aren't going to park rangers. They're going to community rangers. Nice. So it, oh, it, it turns yes, out this is. This is it cool. turns out that wildlife don't just stay in the park. <laughs> they actually leave. Those pesky and, rascals. But the rangers don't. Their authority ends at the boundary. Mm. So the poachers can just sit outside 
and wait. So we're equipping community fact, rangers. They lure been, them. They lure them. Absolutely. Yes. They bait them out. And so we're equipping the community rangers in this particular park in Namibia who patrol then that outer area uh, with new motorcycles. So, so they're, they're actually deputized? Or they it, are. They, yeah. You know, and I don't know yet all of the details of what their particular brand of law enforcement is. Right. Um, but they have the authority uh, to do those patrols and to That's do that great. work. Yeah. So um, super excited about that. So that one is, is full and has a waiting list. We still have several site seats left on Mongolia um, this year going to the Gobi Desert. Uh, and so that is... Jim, uh, you like the desert? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so that's in September. And so we're definitely looking for some some adventurous souls for um, for the Mongolia rally this year. And again, that's uh, rallyforrangers.org is where the applications are. And you can learn more about each of those rallies there. Um, and are you lining up next year already? Not now lining up 24 yet. We don't know what our... Where, you know, the Bhutan is would like us to return. Peru would like us to return. Mongolia is every year, so that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. dialed. Um, but there's we're not, and then we just re- accept applications on a revolving basis. So if somebody just wants to apply just to get their name in, they can apply anytime. Um, and then the Black Hills event that's going to start yeah. with an internal advertisement. We're going to go, you know, to the alumni community first and see who we get there and then we'll go public with that um, by hopefully by the end of this month and get so that give us all your too. social and your email and website yeah everything's and rally for rangers so super simple rally for rangers.org yeah. uh facebook rally for rangers instagram rally for rangers uh youtube Rally for Rangers. So that's that's where you'll find we have a lot of short video content, um, a lot of reels. You know the 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 Instagram Instagram for some reason got taken away from us, um, and that was in uh, 2021. We lost our our site, and so we we lost everything we had, and we had to start over about a year ago. Yeah. And so we're just rebuilding. We just cracked a thousand um, again mm. uh, followers uh, two weeks ago, maybe. So we're just clawing our way back um, on Instagram. So anybody out there, just you know, give a follow, and you'll we'll we don't post a ton, but there's some really just fabulous content. Yeah, I just on posted on our our IG. So awesome. hopefully people catch yeah, from yeah. there. When yeah. you see this movie for all our listeners out there and see what the plight of some of these animals and communities are going through mm-hmm. you're going to want to get involved yep. so i would encourage everyone out there every single listener out there to check out rally for rangers because you might have an idea of what you think they're about but once you start diving in it there's a lot of facets that i wasn't even aware of before mm-hmm. well here's my question if people aren't looking to come on a trip how can they support you? Yeah. Well, first things first, just share just like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're, you know, with the story we have and the content and what we're doing, like this should just catch on like wildfire, right? It just, just is just for people consuming beautiful, imp- important, necessary, and feel good stories and information. Um, but of course there's always opportunities to donate as well. We've got a donate tab. You guys at okay. 501c3. 501c3 here right. in the U S. So all we're just writing our tech, we've been writing our tax letters like crazy for all of our donors yep. from 22 during tax season here. So absolutely. Um, then there's, you know, there's donate button on there paypal you can send a check like what however people can want to you do that help sponsor a rider yeah and then look for for the riders bios we put the bios up on the website for is. each one of our riders you can go to their individual gofundme pages and and fund individual riders that way so there's a lot of ways to to support and of course 
buy yourself or your loved ones tickets to the sweepstakes because yeah. Patreon money. I'm going to use it. Go. So good way to do it. Last time you were here, I used Patreon money to help contribute you to did. the fundraising sure for did. the film. Yep. So thank you, Patreon, thank for that. You. And this time I'm going to buy tickets to try and send a misfit yeah. on the rally. Love it. Pick awesome. Me, pick me. Well, you know, now, yeah, who do I pick? Everyone here in this room. We'll do. We'll put another rally for <laughs> Rangers game show together to select the winner. Maybe. Oh, that would be Ooh. good. <laughs> High stakes. Ooh. High stakes. And we can do it before the draw. So it just whoever you know wins can be the one that's selected. If you win the draw. And Bagel, I just need to check. If you have to ride a motorcycle, not a scooter, do you, would you be interested in going? I, I think I could handle that. Okay. Uh, wow. 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 Wow, that's a big that's commitment. Is the, he is uh, he's inspired. In. You know it's a good cause if Bagel's going to be on a motorcycle. <laughs> right. And Tom, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Put me down for five tickets. Ooh. They're going to go in. Wow. They'll go in the same pool as the Misfits tickets. So if the winning ticket is in there, we'll do the same. We'll choose a Misfit. Or... Maybe a Patreon subscriber was, to go on the rally. I was going to say, that might be cool. Beautiful. If we mm. use the Patreon money, yeah, so, should we pick a yeah, Patreon? I think, that's a, I think that's a good idea. I like that. That's, that's a better idea. I like that idea. idea. Yeah. Or we have a hot dog So if you want to be part of it, join Patreon also. So it's a tough this is like Or a Misfit and a Patreon ma- member, the two that are selected, battle it out <laughs> on the oh, game show. There you go. Oh, oh, head to head. say on our mini bike challenge course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slot racing. Oh. Yeah, we didn't mention. I left you like four times. Oh, shut up. Yeah, Emma, since uh, we didn't have a lot going on in the garage, we set up the uh, slot car racing track. Oh, today. yeah, I did that a few Christmases ago. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim and I had a lot of fun with that. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for coming out and sharing. What you're doing is great. It's it inspired partly, you know, something I did on my trip. Mm. Um, I think the only thing is you can't possibly do enough trips to fulfill everybody who would want to come because it's this is your volunteer yeah it's time to quit it's your day volunteers. job huh? yeah yeah we're getting there you know yeah <laughs> this will be the second career um yeah 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 no thanks for that and again for your passion and this community that's the thing that's been new to me so when i switched over to adventure riding mm-hmm. i found a new community right i found a new yeah. tribe i the i just didn't ever have that on the road and that it's there for the road it absolutely is i just didn't find it I found it through Rally for Rangers, through the adventure community, the group of alumni that have become some of my best friends in the world. We just all traveled to Colorado together for the film premiere. And like, you know, that's just amazing. And to be here again and for, for Jim to invite me again and others, you know, to the, the folks on, um, you know, from, from RevZilla and, and as mm. you mentioned, AMA and others like the support, it's, it's overwhelming and it's really cool because we all want the same thing, you know, and that's just, well, you're doing great things and that's, so. that's, it makes it easy to because it's, it's there's a, a lot story. of well, great things out there and yeah. i think you've tapped into some as we all have with with the pakistan trips and you've you've got a phrase for it what is it called again the adventure philanthropy adventure I like philanthropy. That. I like that so much yeah, good mm-hmm. then and it's a slippery slope now that you're doing like uh not just giving bikes but giving other stuff because now you've like open the doors wide yeah there's well we're giving it to rangers so, so it's much all about rangers but that's right around the world there's that's like right. so much you can do mm-hmm. So I'm going to work on seeing if I can uh, put some together for you in Pakistan. I love it. 
I love it. We would just jump all over that. Say the snow leopards or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And we can connect, you know, the, the rangers from one country to another. You know, one of the rangers from Mongolia might be going to, to the Namibia trip. And just the cross-pollination of rangers meeting each other, that cultural exchange. I mean, that's too a big part of what it is. So who knows where that could lead us, you know, with Oh, I wonder if we can get them hooked up with the rangers at uh, the border, border ceremony. Oh, yeah, those guys. The Waga border ceremony. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen, they wear Uh these big headdresses and they have these uniforms and they go out and do the, it's the Ministry of Silly Walks. (laughs) <laughs> and it's the stadium that is built on the border between Pakistan and India. And there's the rangers from both countries trying to different out, kind of rangers though. <laughs> out march each other uh-huh. in this stadium and get the crowd going nuts. Yeah, yeah. And the Pakistani guys to mock the vegetarian Indian guys, they only hire people who are like six six and taller. They're these incredibly tall yeah. rangers. I know it's a different kind of ranger, but still, it, it's fun. It is yeah, fun. Yeah. Well, we yeah. got we got quite a bit of emails to catch up on, so let's get to them. Emma, I sent you an email. Were you able to retrieve it? I did indeed, and this email is from Michael Don. Hey, Michael. Hey, Don. You, Michael. Michael. Do you think he is a Don? If I read it wrong, <laughs> you think Don. I'll end up with the, the, Don. the Don. Hands from Michael. Hola, misfits. Hola. Hola. First, Hola. belated congratulations on your 500th <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I've enjoyed getting to know the different misfit personalities and just the overall weekly moto shooting the shit. <laughs> so, um... My daily rider is a 2014 Bonneville T-100. Very nice mm-hmm. too, Michael. However, his questions regarding a 2015 Harley-Davidson Road King. Um, and he says, few years back, I replaced the stock slip-ons with Vance and Hines Twin Slash. Mm-hmm. I really like the look, but I'm getting t- tired of the loud pipes. Mm. No shit, Michael! <laughs> um, <laughs> At this point in my life, always the same age as me, 61, I don't give a crap if my bike sounds like a washing machine. Question is, can I quiet down these Vance and I slip-ons? I've installed baffles that didn't do much. Does anyone know if there's anything I can do to these aftermarket slips? P.S. Thank you, Liza, for mentioning itchy boots a few months ago. I've become slightly obsessed with the Gals World Travels. <laughs> you ain't the only Aren't one, Michael. All? A lot of us think. So um, that's my D's in Southern California. Listen, I want to talk a little bit about mufflers. And I'm not going to go on a long tangent because we are pushed for time. Um, if, you, if you regard an engine as an air pump, it sucks stuff in, it does shit to it, and it pushes it out. And the more efficiently you can get air in and the more efficiently you can get air out, theoretically, the more power you've got. That is why when you look at the intake on a sport bike, you know, they've got these giant plenum chambers. And if you look at the exhaust system, the you know, the very, very mm-hmm. um, complex design. Harley-Davidson, you've got two big jugs going, wugger, 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 wugger. 2015, that's probably a 96 cubic inch, so it's the same as my Superglide. It's a big old pistons pushing a lot of exhaust gases out. Um, in short, there's 
it's not much you can do with those slip-ons. Mm-hmm. When you pick up the stock Harley-Davidson muffler, the first thing you're taken with is how much the bloody thing weighs. And the reason it weighs so much is the gas is going backwards, then forwards, then backwards, then to the left, to the right, and all the time they're taking some of the sound out of it, mm. the high notes out of it, but still giving you sufficient flow through and sufficient back pressure and that's a conversation for another day um aftermarket pipes like vance and heinz they dispense with a lot of that they're a lot lighter weight and they look like a million bucks but they are very very hard to damp down um i'll tell you this my super glide which i love dearly has stock pipes on it still for a reason and it doesn't sound like a washing machine People make the mistake, and Harley-Davidson riders are often most guilty of this. More noise means better noise, and that's not true. You need really to accentuate the bass tones. These are the tones that our ears like, and keep the bass tones in, and take the staccato, the high tones out of it. And oftentimes you have very, very loud pipes, cobras are the same especially if you put them on metric cruisers and you get these really raspy high tones and it is not a pleasant noise and it's just loud as hell um i would see he's already got the baffles in the pipes i like the most by vance lines they do these things called fatties and they're giant diameter they're like four and a half inch five inch diameter and they sound great and they're not super loud, and maybe, you know, go down that route. But don't discount putting the stock pipes back on it. Um, if you're riding this thing any distance, the last thing you want to do is having somebody banging two trash can lids <laughs> right behind you, you know? Yeah, and oftentimes the stock pipes don't have a lot of value because most people don't want to put stock pipes right. on. They're taking them off, it's, and all of them get exactly. just thrown away. But you would be yeah. surprised how many people say to me damn that super glide sounds good and there are so many harleys out there with modified pipes you forget harley davidson were very very clever with their noise control um and they wanted their bikes to sound good without you know while complying with U.S. regulations with Euro 3, Euro 4, Euro 5 regulations. They were very, very clever about it. A lot of the stock Harley systems have got very, very clever baffling in them. So, you know, that maybe that's a route that you should take, Michael. Get yourself there a you cheap go. pair of stock mufflers off, you know, Facebook Marketplace. You probably get a pair for 100 bucks. Your eardrums will thank you, darling. And uh, if that doesn't and work, neighbors too. you just stick some socks in your pipes. You'll be fine. Oh, yes. Yeah, the sock trick. <laughs> potato. <laughs> potato, um, potato. Hey, guys, I have one here from our friend Kellen. Hey, Hi, Kellen. He says, hey, I'm a new listener and Patreon supporter. I just finished all of the 2022 podcast, wow. and I'm mer- working my wow. way to, to the current. Um, he says, uh, I wanted to uh, comment on the Easy Rider remake episodes. This is a, a bit of a throwback. But, you know, they announced they're making, remaking Easy Rider, and we asked people for their elevator pitch, their submission on what it should be. And he's got a good one. Yeah. He says, all right, imagine this. Two hooligans in their 20s from a deeply urban inner city area. 
They've grown up snatching bikes and raising hell in their city. Expert riders in their own right, but on the wrong side of the law. Like many, they've never left, but their ways finally catch up to them, and they have to either risk their lives staying or risk them fleeing the city. The only option is the only person they know that escaped the city, a cousin over on the West Coast. Without experience and only a destination, they leave the city on a DRZ and some big-ass two-stroke. They're faced with both <laughs> adversity and the redemptive value of good people and good community. All the while, through trials and victories for these boys and the people they encounter, eyes are being opened and souls filled. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, good pitch. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's wow. It's a great pitch, but they should be girls. <laughs> and they should be, and it should be Birmingham mm. instead of the United States. <laughs> Birmingham, England. yeah. They should be, they should be breaking out of Brum. And I think it starts with they <laughs> no. illegally buy Going. dirt bikes in New York City. Yeah, that's illegal? right. No, the, because the it's short, illegal to the buy them. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> the story should be that you know that long stretch from downtown Birmingham breaking out to Sutton Coalfield, <laughs> a distance of ten miles, heading to suburbia. On stolen bikes. Oh, on stolen Nortons. On stolen bike. Yes, exactly. No, that's a great pitch. I like um, that. You know, it's got everything. Yeah, I like I like the whole color redemption thing. Yeah, there you, you know, go. because I think I think all of us have been a bit naughty when we're younger and have seen the error of our ways. I like crossing the country on a DRZ doing dank dink wheelies the whole time. Is it a, a big a big two stroke? Like a <laughs> yeah, CR five hundred. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. CR five hundred with a lighting kit. All right, John, you've got one that that I, I do. I always like these. Actually, before I jump into this, I want to give a shout out. So I ran into somebody yesterday. I, th I believe her name is Sherry uh, from Sherry. Australia. I was glad it wasn't Henry. For, with a, a friend of a friend, Sherry's husband, I guess, is a listener, and, and she oh. got all excited when she found out that the misfits were right here. Oh, cool. So it was kind of cool. So I don't know who your nice. name is in Australia, but hey, I met your wife, man. She's cool. <laughs> Good on you. Be careful, man. Careful. Good on you. So this is from Andy. I'm, hey, Andy. This probably would have been a bagel one. Andy. He's, he's from Germany, from Hamburg. Um, he says, howdy, just landed in L.A. If everything's going well, should, we should be at the garage on the 19th. Quite some time since oh. my last try. In Sounds like a threat. 2017 when i left a handwritten letter while visiting on a saturday on the backside of an invoice from arlen ness this time i bring my wife with me looking forward to it your long-term listener from hamburg germany andy hey that's next weekend nice. yeah we're nice. getting a visitor cool. should we uh well, get, get it doesn't rain let's save some uh some gummies for him gummies. we'll have a fresh unopened <laughs> bag fresh bag of dicks so i wish i could I, be there i will be there as long as Wattsville can claw itself out from underwater. You just know, get a canoe. It was on, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just it saw was, a picture you know, of Wattsville. It. It's pretty underwater right now. Yeah. Yes. And there's a there's another big storm coming in yeah, this night. week. So I think yep. um, boats are going to be coming popular. Made the national news, you know. It was on uh, NBC. Emma, I saw videos. Yeah. I'm pretty confident you can go around the roadblock on your bike and get through just fine. I think okay. you should try it. I, I will. I will. No, I and mean, you know, if we've, got, if we've got a listener coming over from Germany, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will go up to San Jose and come back over That's Highway 17. That's what Tom 17. had to do. Did it. Did it. Do it. Done. Word. Did it. Do All it. All right. Done. Let's keep going around the room. Craig, what do you got there? Rowdy Rhymer. Hey, Rowdy. 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 How are you, mate? Rowdy Piper. 
Hello, misfits. Hello. As an alternative to the proposed automatic organ donation law <laughs> yes. for non-helmet wearing riders, yes. perhaps a state could pass a law mandating that riders wear helmets, but make voluntary organ donors exempt from the helmet Ooh. requirement. Mm, so it's accomplishing the same thing, like but that. instead Just of forcing you, well, yeah. but it's forcing you to wear the helmet. But then you get rewarded if you or donate your organs but, as opposed to the loony bill, which proposed you don't have to wear a helmet, but if you, but, but how do you aren't wearing that, one and though? you crash, we get to have your organs. How about I mean, all of us wear helmets and be organ donors? There you go. There you go. I like <laughs> that better. better. Yeah. How about everyone just yeah, volunteers to do that? Yeah. Uh, Jim, what you got? All right. I've got one here from Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, guys. Lo- love the podcast and love the garage. Longtime listener and longtime sender of emails. Probably listen to all your episodes two times oh, each. Oh, God. Wow. wow. Commitment wow. to the game. That's what happens when you <laughs> live like in Buffalo. That's like a year and a half. <laughs> That's Buffalo, dedication. New York. Uh, anyway, I'm in Buffalo, New York. Uh, name's Jordan. Yep. Uh, engineering intern at a pharmaceutical company, TIG welder for six years and student of mechanical engineering. Nice. Nice. Wish I knew what you did. Um, itching to fucking ride. Well, we're kind of with you these days. Got a 2013 Ninja 1000, not the ZX-10R, the Touring Ninja 1000, and a 2007 Sporty 1200. Ah. I ha- here's interesting. I have a question about lowering my Ninja 1000 to okay. make it look meaner. Not because I'm short. Any recommendations for good lowering links or how to uh, how to easily or how an easy of a job is it to do his do myself? And how low is too low? Would two inches be too much? Thanks, guys. Love the pod. Uh, would love to ride down uh, to Cali with my dad to visit one of these days. That'd be rad. And maybe when I'm done with school. Okay, much love, Jordan. Right on. He wants to make his ninja look sure on, But not uh, because of a Napoleon complex. No. Yeah, that would be me. Okay. Oh, no. Of course so, not that. Cut the spring, bro. But it changes all the geometry and stuff, too, doesn't it? Well, yeah. well hang on. Links are okay. Mm-hmm. But... Two inches would be a long way. An inch is going to look radically different. And the key is, if you drop it an inch in the back, drop it an inch in the front. And dropping it an inch in the front is the easiest thing in the world. You just move the fork tubes up in the triple trees. That's it. Yeah. Um, So just go for a good good quality link. Gosh, who's doing who's doing lowering links these days? So I just Didn't bought some from somebody Deval D E V O L for my DRZ. They seem to be pretty good. Really? Yeah. But I think I think the the trick here is um, so you have to get the lowering link however low that goes. You just match it in the front. As long as you match yeah, the front exactly. and rear, you're not going to mess it up. Bagel, you had something to throw in. Well, I just want to say that if if you're doing that though, you're also decreasing the angle that you're able to lean into the corners too because you're you're squatting the suspension down. So, so you're going to hit and you're scraping the sides a little bit sooner, aren't you? There's no corners in Buffalo. As long as you're aware of that. I mean, you're to right. a certain extent, scraping yeah. out sport bikes is largely a thing of the past. Said I the mean, man you with, need to be... Said the man with 10-inch wheels. And floorboards. <laughs> and floorboards. Yeah, well, I think well, the other the other issue is maybe maybe I'm more prone to scraping than your average. <laughs> right, exactly. I but I mean, concern. if you well, the other issue, if be you are 
if you're regularly scraping a sport bike, I mean, you're heroic of epic proportions because <laughs> yeah. generally they give you so much clearance on these things. Um, and I mean, you know, it, it's, I, I think if you were to lower a bike an inch front and back, it's going to look so different. Um, and it might be, it might be the look that Jordan's exactly looking for. And he can always go more because generally lowering links, they give you two settings. They give you the mid setting and then big setting. So try it on the mid. And if you don't like it, yeah. do it on, on so the I, big setting and just do match it on the front. I think the other issue is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Emma, I, it's uh, his weight versus the where the suspension is uh, set for. Meaning, what I what I understand is that when you put lowering links on, it actually compresses the suspension, so you lose a little bit of your. Um, mm, your no, 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 no. Links, links don't lower the suspension at all. The 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 idea is of links is that you have exactly the same range yeah. of suspension movement, but because there are links and you're changing the angle mm -hmm. between um, the 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 linkage of the suspension and the swing arm itself. That's what moves it up, but no, you it, you may change the preload a That's tiny bit, yeah. Because yeah, if you change the angles, right. the preload does change, but not by mm. much. Mm, okay. Um, so you, you might find with links on, you've got to kind of dial it up a little bit more, because if you think about it from a physics perspective, if the swing arm is down at a slight angle, and your links make it so it's virtually, um parallel with the road it's gonna give a softer ride with the same shock springs because of the physics of it right so you might have to dial it up a little bit mm -hmm. i'm just and gonna go out on a limb and say if jordan's listened to every episode twice he's gonna listen to this one three times there you go <laughs> just yeah, to no, get all send us pictures i want to <laughs> see this ninja yeah. lowered hey, john, john used it how hard is it to do it's easy is it yeah, I did it myself. Oh, so. links. Yeah, there. It's a, the the hardest part of putting links on is actually supporting the bike. Exactly. All right, I got I got to rush this along because yeah. we got one more, and this is an actual we need we need to answer question. Bagel, do you have yes. your email? I do. This is from Bill Maynard. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. And, uh, Bill writes, "Hi, Misfits. This is Dog from Wabash, Indiana. Oh, and, what's up, dog? And I, and I went to ask the Misfits to tell me why. Tell, tell me, me why. <laughs> I don't hear any conversation about, and I think this is a typo, Piaggio MP5 scooter. Oh, yeah. I think he meant the MP3, but I'll come back, come back to the MP5 in a minute. That's a gun, um, MP5, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I would like... I would like to hear what the misfits think about the MP3 scooter, the good and bad. Riding season is just around the corner here in Indiana, and I'm considering the Piaggio MP3. What do the misfits think? Would the MP3 be a good scooter purchase? Thanks, Bill Dog Maynard. I'll just say that I am. Uh, I, I I really don't have an opinion. It's weird, so I like it because it's weird, but also like it's weird, so I. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, if we only had somebody who was in the scooters on this, yeah, podcast. I was going to defer to Bagel. On <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh, but no. My opinion, yeah. for what it's worth, it's a scooter first and foremost, so yeah. it's a death yeah. trap. <laughs> 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 yeah, Bagel. What do you so, think, the scooter elitist? What do you think about it? Okay, so I, I have. Oh, I can I already have, tell. 
I'm not a fan of the MP3. <laughs> there it is. I mean, it's it's an interesting bike, but honestly, the most appealing thing about it is its novelty. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It does have three points of contact with the road, which in some ways is slightly more stable maybe in that's, some situations I was gonna say, it's weird without a necessary advantage you know yeah it's like it doesn't it really doesn't give you that much of an advantage you know if, if any um in fact there are a lot of liabilities with it too um it does add a lot of weight uh because you have this whole massive front suspension that has to support both the wheels um it's it it's adds, adds a lot more expense to the bike um if you ever get into a front end uh collision on an mp3 kiss it goodbye because the the cost of repairing an mp3 front end is is cost prohibitive there's just no way to pay for the labor and people who don't know this is a, it's a three-wheel scooter yeah. right with yes. yeah, kind of like a nike front end right yeah two in the front yeah yeah same idea as the nike uh it's a parallelogram front suspension so both mm -hmm. wheels are are joined to the same fork tube but they have a parallelogram suspension that suspends each wheel on, on either side but they're both linked so so if you go over rough terrain it it just kind of swallows up all of that all of that 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 vibration and movement and you you really get a very smooth feeling when you're riding it so if if, if you don't like a lot of input on your handlebars you know that would be one potential advantage of an mp3 where you have a very smooth ride that really doesn't give you a lot of feedback if you like that and and i wanted uh, to point out it's a three-wheeler but it's not a trike it right. doesn't necessarily give you that added stability Right, it rides just like or mm -hmm. very similar to a a two wheeled bike. Um, I mean, it does have a, a couple of little quirks. Uh, be aware also that it does not stand up on its own while you right. are riding. Oh, <laughs> you, really? When you no. when no oh, no 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 it huh. it is it, it, it will flop to one side or the other. Um, like the night and, yeah. Right, and now when you park it. Uh, there is a a park feature that will lock the front suspension so that it will stand up on its own when it's parked, but that will auto release if you go over like five miles an hour, mm. um, because it's it's actually there's actually a it's a danger to have that locked while you're riding because the handling becomes unpredictable then. Um, so you know so it's not a bike that you can just lock while you're riding and then just park it. So and that was one of the misconceptions that a lot of people. Uh, who bought mp3s yeah. early on were very disappointed about because uh, there were a lot of people who were very like some very short people some some people with disabilities who thought this was a bike that would stand up on its own where they didn't have to balance it but that's not the case this is a bike that you need to balance i think um, i think that we should try and figure out a way to override that switch so we can actually ride it with it locked. Oh God! See how no, see how I like this idea. I like this idea. And the same with an icon. Oh gosh! Well, Make Jim do it first. Know, I'm in. I'm in. No, <laughs> as you know, King Kong, my truck has got the tilt cab. Yeah. And one of the first things I did was see if I could drive it with a cab tilted forward. How'd that work out for It was very dangerous. It was I incredibly imagine. dangerous. And I actually drove it around the block with a cab tilted forward. Oh, God. <laughs> Neighbors awesome. the houses ready to clear up the, the debris. So I think we should do the same with the MP3. Find out just how dangerous it is with it locked and see how fast we can go before one of oh, us no. dies so oh yes i, I wanted yeah, i don't know about that i wanted but, to but over, 
Oh, sorry. I just go ahead, bagel. Go ahead. Uh, just so so overall, I, I would say if, if you really want a novelty bike that's that's different and and you know you can ride it, you can have fun with it, but just mm-hmm. don't expect it to be you know, anything marvelous. You know, I'd say go for it, have fun with it. You, you may get tired of it at some point. You may you might not, but it's it is it is different that that's grade it out of 10 bagel give it a grade out of 10 darling oh jeez five it's the middle Uh, of the road has no advantages and no disadvantages the only advantage okay there you go and and just goes back to what i said it's weird and there are some people who like a weird thing they like a weird dog they like a weird car they like a weird home right they get the attention it it, 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 it's a topic so the weird weird factor yeah yeah, the weird factor of the MP3 is its strong suit. So if you like weird bikes, the MP3s are great, are a great one for you to, to enjoy. Um, and now, uh, just a very quick note, he did make a temp- typo and say the MP5. Yeah. The, there was never a Piaggio MP5 that left the factory, but oh. I did know someone who put a toe pack onto an MP3. <laughs> so it was kind of an MP5. And I actually rode it once. It was the most... It was, it was just almost unrideable. It was like having a sidecar on both sides. Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there was just enough clearance where not, but both wheels did not ride on the ground. So you would tip kind of from side to side, back and forth. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> it God. was it was just, it was kind of, it was just. Oh, well, I, most, I, I like the, the sound ridic- of that. It was one of the most ridiculous cra- contraptions I've ever ridden. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, God. And, and unfortunately, it, it did not do well. It, 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 it did severe damage to the drivetrain on that bike because of the added weight and and i think some of the weird uh physics involved with the tow pack on a three-wheeled <laughs> three-wheeled God. scooter so, well there you go yeah. uh this is the time where we say hey thank you for sending in your emails uh thank you to our patreon supporters who allow us to support projects They're like great. rally for rangers film we and love you buying tickets tom thank you for coming in for our show and uh, making it around the mountain. Thanks for right. spending your when life. When Emma couldn't do it. <laughs> Thanks for spending your life caring for animals and parks. Yeah, and man. All that. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for spending your lives giving away cool. bags of dicks and uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good at that. <laughs> giving us all smiles and no, just the, the wisdom, the sharing, the community. You guys bring it, and um, there's nothing else like it. So I'm mm, just thanks. thrilled to be here. Tom, so glad to be um, back, Tom mm. Darling. Did Liza give you the warning about the diarrhea ingredient in yes. the bags of dick? <laughs> yes, and yes. I already heard Look. your story about um, you, you know, following you on the trail. So he only yes. found out after he ate the bag, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, don't eat them on the way home. Okay. That's dicks are fun going in, but not fun him. going out. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, okay. you'll end up like the rhinoceros. Right. Let's shut this down. Sorry, I Jesus. brought that up again. Hey, um, <laughs> one more time. Come to our rally. The yeah. Misfits Rally, yeah. uh, April 21st to 24th. Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. I haven't put the link there yet, but I'll update it. BreakingAwayTrips.com. You will get the link, but you know what? You can find all the links, including the link to Rally for Rangers, including. in our show notes. There you go. Um, hey, uh, next week, um, let's see if <laughs> if Emma can make it next week. This will be exciting because we're going to have more rain, and none of us are going to be written. Uh, riding so we're all going to be really uh feeling feeling what the rest of the country feels in the winter yes we're going to be even either a little a little more sympathetic or just crazy mm-hmm. so let's see if we can get through it so big thanks to everybody um 
for all of our Patreon subscribers, $5 or more. Uh, a lot of you have gotten your, used your coupon code to get your free t-shirt. It's new t-shirt time. If you haven't yet, you can still, it's not too late to become a supporter on Patreon for $5 or more and get a free t-shirt. They're going to be, I'm going to be ordering them soon. Also got some new stickers and they're really cool too. I'm going to throw those in the box. So uh, on that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thank you, everybody. This is Liza. Snappy John. Tom Metama. Craig. Nick Jim, son. Bagel. And my darling. Yo, and we are out of here. Cool. 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 cool.